This is MRN Classic Races, presented by Sunoco, the official fuel of NASCAR. And also brought to you by Hercules Tires, right on our strength. The following is a presentation of MRN Radio, celebrating 25 years of great NASCAR coverage. The year was 1971. On the site of a spinach farm grew one of America's most unusual racetracks. Shaped like a triangle, the two-and-a-half-mile Pocono International Raceway quickly became one of the most challenging tracks in the country. This weekend, Rusty Wallace is on the pole at a speed 20 miles an hour quicker than the pole for the first Winston Cup race here years ago. But Rusty thinks he knows how to best get around this tricky track. you got to get through, get around all these corners without pushing the front end. If anything, the car's set up more on a loose side because you can't afford to push the front end off the last turn. You can't afford to push over the tunnel. And the tunnel is where you do most of your passing at because if the front end pushes out as you're trying to duck underneath somebody to make a pass leaving the tunnel, you cannot, you can't make the pass. It's been raining in the Pocono Mountains of Pennsylvania this weekend, but today the fans are here and the UAW GM Teamwork 500 is next. MRN Radio presents NASCAR Today. Sponsored by Goody's Headache Powders and Pain Relief Tablets, the official pain reliever of NASCAR. Good afternoon, everyone, from the Pocono International Raceway. Well, for the last 24 hours, rain has dampened everything here at Pocono, but the enthusiasm of the fans and the drivers and the teams and Eli, they're ready to go racing. Track drying efforts have been going on for about two hours, I guess. And once this racetrack dries and they get out there, I think the trend, you've heard it all weekend long, and I have too, the guys in the garage area say they're going to stop the big three, the big three being Dale Earnhardt, Rusty Wallace, and Ernie Irvin. They say that they are, but of course, they have to get out and perform that task, and this racetrack is not the easiest to conquer. The drivers like it because it's a challenging racetrack. You have to shift. This is the only oval track on the circuit, although it's really triangular in shape, but it's the only non-road course where the drivers shift out on the circuit, not counting just the leaving and entering the pit lane. They actually shift gears over in turn number one. But I think before anything else, we do have to worry about the weather conditions here, and that is the fact that the track drying is underway, but the drying trucks going by us have their windshield wipers going. And right now, this is really somewhat of a surrealistic scene, a track probably more suited to a Rod Serling Twilight Zone show than it would be a race uh, facility because from our position here at the start-finish line, we cannot see turn one, nor turn two, nor turn three. The fog is that thick here in the Pocono Mountains right now. So number one, you've got to wait for the track to dry, and apparently it is still spraying or misting to some degree, and then you've got to deal with the fog. It has to lift because these conditions right now, even with a dry track, would not be suitable for racing. Well, the biggest thing is this front has stalled in this area for the last 24 hours, not moving a lot, and the folks at the Weather Bureau are saying once the wind picks up a little bit, it could move out very rapidly. It will kind of come and go. As you said, the fog will lift. It'll come right down the ground it'll go up a little bit you'll see the sun it's not very thick but uh, I think once it starts to dissipate we're we'll probably dry in a hurry once it does but when will that happen you don't know now getting back to what you were saying about the on-track activities in the last 10 races here at Pocono there have been nine different winners only Darrell Waltrip has managed to repeat as a winner in the last five years, the last 10 races here. So statistically, if nothing else, you'd think, yes, there could be another first-time winner here at the Pocono International Raceway, and that might uh, 
break that run of the big three, as you called them a short while ago. And certainly looking back over the years, you've had some outstanding drivers here, fellows who have run better here than many, many other racetracks on the circuit. You and I were kind of reminiscing this morning about maybe one of the best drivers to ever come to Pocono, the late Tim Richmond. Boy, could he get around this racetrack. And there are a lot of fellows who say because it is a challenge, because it's fun, because it's different, that's why they like it. A Ted Musgrave with a couple of top fives last year is a perfect example of the current crop of drivers who could end up in victory lane today. We could see a new face in there real easy. It's kind of an equalizing racetrack, and we'll get into that as the afternoon goes by. Right now, we're going to take a break, and then we'll be going trackside to talk with some of the drivers. Here's Richard Petty for Goody's Headache Powder. I wasn't surprised to hear that a survey showed that family doctors preferred the Goody's formula three to one over BC's. I know that Goody's headache powders work, and I've never found anything that works faster. That's why I always recommend Goody's headache powders and pain relief tablets to friends and fans. For fast relief, you can count on. Make it Goody. Welcome back, everyone, to Pocono International Raceway. We are in the little town of Long Pond, Pennsylvania, here in the Pocono Mountains, this area known as the honeymoon capital of America. You've all heard of some of the fine ski lodges up in this area with the heart-shaped bathtubs. That is not one of the facilities that we stayed at this weekend, but they are here, certainly, for those who want to uh, avail themselves. The fog continues to kind of play games here. It rises up just a little bit, and we're able to see the backstretch and turn two. Then equally as quickly, the fog settles back down. It got real bright here about a half hour ago. Looked as though the sun was trying to poke through the clouds, but now it's all covered over again, and that dark and gray pewter-colored look has fallen upon the speedway one more time. 371 radio stations on the network today. We're glad to have you along with us coast to coast. 34 states are represented, and that includes the folks listening down on the bayou, where we trust it's a bit nicer there than it is here in Pennsylvania. In Faraday, Louisiana, we welcome KSTH-FM at 107.1 on the dial. Good to have you folks along with us down in Louisiana. Right now, let's go trackside and get the thoughts of some of the drivers as they're waiting out the fog and the rain to lift, kind of like we are here in the tower. Rusty Wallace is one of those big three that we talked about. He set a track record here in qualifying at 164.558 miles an hour, and that's getting around this racetrack. Jim Phillips is with Rusty. Well, Rusty, your second bush pole of the year, and it was a fast one, 164.558 miles per hour. Did it feel like that you were setting a track record? It really did. I mean, it didn't feel all that fast, but it felt like the, the car stuck perfect in each corner. When Generally, when you're sticking real good and you're handling fine out there, I mean, you're generally going quick. We talked about this race car that you have here this weekend. The two times this race car has won races, rain has been involved. One of those races was here at Pocono. How about your chances if we can race today? Well, I'll tell you, i got a real good car. This is Midnight Rider. This is Midnight Sister. And, man, this is, it's a go-getter. It really runs well. Uh, I like everything about it. It's got a lot of natural speed to it. We come off the truck awful fast, and it's been going fast the whole time. You know, even though you've been going great, the team's morale seems to be keep picking up, keep getting better. Well, you know, we were, we're behind in points, and last year with 10 races to go, I was 320-some points behind, and I almost got him at the wire. Now I've got 10 more races to do the job, and I think I'm going to win this championship. I got, I got uh, morale on my side. I got momentum on my side. I got desire on my side, and sometimes those three factors are hard to beat. Rusty Wallace, and usually when that Unical bonus is on the line, he does rather well. That bonus of $15,200 on the line here today. And again, as Rusty talked about having momentum on his side, he has moved from seventh to third in Winston Cup points in the last three races. As we told you, this is a racetrack that a lot of fellows have just taken very kindly to, even though 
three turns are of different banking and different radius, and the straightaways are of all different uh, lengths. It's a compromised track that has really played into the hands of some of the drivers. One of those is Ricky Rudd, who, looking back in the record books yesterday while we were out waiting a rainstorm to pass, we found that Ricky had six top tens in his very first six visits here to Pocono. One of those guys who's just taken to this racetrack. Dick Brooks of Woodruff, South Carolina, is with the driver-owner of the Tide Ford. Well, that's true. Driver, owner, I guess, a new businessman and entrepreneur of racing or whatever it may be. But uh, but Ricky is here, and, he, and he, he just seems to fit to these kind of racetracks. He's got a smooth, light foot, and it just seems to work good on road courses and flat tracks and stuff. And I expect that's probably part of the deal here. But you were sitting on the pole for a long, long time, and then it uh, got bumped out. How's your car feel? Well, Dick, uh, I guess, first of all, we unloaded, and the, the Tide Ford was very fast right off the truck. I knew we were going to run good, uh, qualify well, didn't know how, how good. Uh, we went out there and cranked out a 54-second a a lap, and I couldn't believe anybody did it, let alone us. And uh, I really thought I was sort of fooled on that one. I didn't think anybody else would run a lap uh, that could better that one. And uh, Rusty comes out there late in the session and does it, but really not totally disappointed. You know, it's a team that's building from the ground up, and, you know, I guess it's uh, American way. A little greed sets in. We started the season. It was just man, anything we can do just to, just to be able to make this race. Then we went a while, then we said, well, let's, you know, let's see if we can't get greedy and hope for the top, uh, top 20 the first round. And now we're, we're getting greedy and getting upset because we didn't sit on the pole. We're on the outside pole. So human nature, human nature I guess. But, uh, you know, it's running good. The car is going to race well. Uh, the guys have been working every week, cutting these race cars up every week and been doing our testing at the racetrack. And I feel like we can rest a little bit on uh, our flat racetrack combination. I think we've got something to run. What is the, what is the difference that makes with somebody like yourself where you, you seem to do exceptionally well on flat tracks or on road courses and stuff. Uh, even, you know, in a place like Michigan where you can get the car a little bit sideways a lot of times and stuff, and you seem to stay pretty smooth with it. How do you do that? Well, it really depends on the tire combination a lot of times. You know, some of the tires are not forgiven. You've got to have a good feel of uh, if you abuse the tires, you can go fast, but you'll pay the price a little bit later on in the run. Say it's 100 mile or you're going to run 90 miles on a gas stop. You abuse your tires, run fast for 30 miles, and in the last uh, 60 miles, you run terrible. It really depends on the tire combination, and Goodyear tires have been so good this year that uh, they've got a tire that's very forgiving. And uh, some of the guys that used to have advantages at certain tracks, you're not seeing that anymore. And I really think it's directly related to the tire wars. Uh, you're seeing some different faces up there now that you're not used to seeing. And uh, it all gets back. You can run your cars hung out a little bit more. You run them sideways, and the tires, you don't have to think about saving tires for down the road. The, the tires are good enough now. You don't, have to, you don't have to save for later. You guys have had an exceptionally good start for starting your own team and everything. What do you credit that to? I say a lot of it's luck. You know, I'm not going to lie about that. But, you know, I guess uh, I'm a attention to detail type of nut. And uh, and that's what this mainly gets back to. It's execution. You know, you think about it. You, uh, you, uh, you get a lot of guys putting their thoughts into it. And it's no different than any other business, at least the business side of it, is organization and, and, and being able to recruit the right people. You know, and by that, I don't mean recruit the very best fabricator, the very best recognized engine builder, the very best this and that because they all got to work together, you know, and, and egos are a big part of this sport. So I think the key is recruiting the right people. And then if you recruit right and you put the right leader like a Bill Engel in there, uh, things come together quickly. You know, we're not where we want to be, but it's definitely headed the right direction. Well, when they started, said they were going to do that last year in the middle of summer, I thought, well, this team may work all right. And uh, they've uh, smoothed themselves in from his driving ability and uh, smoothed themselves in from uh, the team that he's put together. 
They sure had a heck of a start for a brand new team. Ricky was one of the guys that everybody in the garage, when they found out that he was going to put his own race team together, said if anybody can make it succeed, he can, and he's done a great job with it this year. Another driver who's had kind of an up-and-down season, had some great runs, but he's not had his share of really good luck this year. Be starting in ninth position this afternoon, Ted Musgrave. Let's get his thoughts with Gary Montgomery. I'm standing alongside Ted, who has his fifth top ten start of the season, starting ninth today in the uh, Jack Roush's Family Channel T-Bird. Uh, great, great starting spot. Uh, you've been up there before. Yeah, I don't think I've qualified this well here at Pocono, but I always race well here. I love this racetrack. It's got everything at you. It's, it's two and a half miles in length. It's got uh, flat corners, more or less like a road course, sweeping turns, tunnel turns, and you get a lot of experience out here. You know, you can think about the car as you're going down the backstretch and radio the crew what you need. Just love this place. We talked earlier about shifting, and you're going to uh, try maybe once or twice even. Well, yeah, we'll shift, upshift on the front stretch, more or less 90% uh, of the guys are doing that. But we did try the double shift where, you know, you shift on the backstretch too with a little lower gear, and, but it didn't show nothing on the watch, so we're just going to shift once like everybody else. Now you're going to be running with a little bit of a handicap today. You were involved in a wall, wall banger last uh, Sunday, and you've got a flak jacket, and uh, what do you think that'll do to your performance here today? Well, over there uh, at Daytona, I cracked her left side ribs and wore a, a jacket over at Richmond, sat on a pole, and ran good Atlanta with it on. So it's not a handicap, but just now it's the right side. That hard hit at uh, Dover really really got me bruised up, and on the inside, on the, on the right side, my body's pretty well sore. So I'm going to wear the jacket, and I put a little extra foam rubber in the seat on the right side, but I'll be in good shape. You got things evened up now, left and right. They've all been broken and all healing. Uh, fifth place finish here last year, your best of the year. Yeah, it is, Gary. I'll tell you what, this place looks more like London and does Pocono right now with our fog and the mist in the air. And I hope it clears off because everybody's uh, all pumped up for this race. You know, my car's running real well. We're ninth in the, in the starting grid, but the car seems to run really consistent, like I say. And I'd like to get this uh, race in today. We all would. Good luck to you today, Ted. Thank you very much. I said to Ted Musgrave yesterday in his truck, I said, you know, I expected you to look about as purple as Barney the dinosaur after that uh, wall banger of last week, and you look pretty good. He says he's not looking in the right places. He said, I feel a little tough, but uh, a whole lot better now than when we chatted with him on uh, Monday and Tuesday earlier in the week to check on his condition. Uh, he's, he's feeling a little bit better. Yeah, there are a lot of guys that got some bruises up there uh, at Dover last weekend. From the Pocono International Raceway, this is MRN Radio. From the racetrack to the road home, fill up with Sunoco, the official fuel of NASCAR. Sunoco makes high-quality performance fuels for the greatest drivers in the world, both on and off the track. Whether you are pulling up to the pump or experiencing the excitement of being at the track on race day, this will be a four-tire change. They've already topped it off with Sunoco fuel. Side service complete, second can of Sunoco fuel in. He's down and away. You can trust Sunoco to be the fuel that keeps you going. Capture the essence of racing and fill up with the official fuel of NASCAR, Sunoco. Here's your chance to win a set of your very own Hercules tires. Go to HerculesTires.com slash MRN. Simply register, and each month we'll give away one set of tires. Hercules Tires has the value, selection, and industry-leading mileage coverage to get you wherever you need to go, no matter where the road takes you. Register now for your chance to win a set of Hercules Tires at HerculesTires.com slash MRN. Hercules Tires, ride on our street. Here comes the field to the start-finish line, lap 15. We're going full-speed racing here at Pocono. Down to the line, green flag goes in the air, and on the break, Rusty Wallace gets out front all by himself. Ricky Rudd will tuck in right behind him, single file. The third place is where the battle is going to be down in turn one. Mark Martin dives to the inside of the track. He'll blow by Jeff Gordon and now challenge Ricky Rudd for second. Martin drives in deeper, but he goes up the banking. Here's Ricky Rudd on the attack. He dives down low. All this taking place while Rusty Wallace stretches out his lead. Two car lengths. 
Now over Rudd. They run it out single file among the top five. It is Rusty Wallace, Ricky Rudd, Mark Martin, Jeff Gordon, then Brett Bodine next in line in fifth. Sixth will be Dick Trickle. They'll be side by side for seventh. Ken Schrader inside of Michael Waltrip. Ernie Irvin is there in the low groove as well. Schrader will get out in front of Irvin. Irvin helping him along to the bottom of the racetrack. Now here comes Irvin to the inside alongside Michael Waltrip. He'll dust off Waltrip in the entrance of the turn. Meanwhile, here comes Ricky Rudd on a challenge for the lead. He'll tuck his machine right down to the inside of the blackboard of Rusty Wallace off the corner. All the drivers using their heads here on lap number one of full speed racing. It's kind of picking their way around, making sure the groove and the adjacent lines are nice and dry. Everybody's gotten onto this main straightaway now. Fine as Rusty Wallace leads him off into turn number one. Let's pause 10 seconds on MRN Radio for station identification. Back with you at Pocono International Raceway. One car having problems at the tail end of the field. Bob Keselowski, who is driving a Winston Cup race, and Jimmy Means' car, he's well off the pace, while the lead scramble behind Rusty Wallace is on the short shoot, going from turn two to three. About three or four cars back for the seventh position, scrambling around, looking down to the inside of the racetrack as Sterling Marlin trying to make a move. Can't make it happen. He'll drop back in line. Everybody running through turn number three rather gingerly. Nobody going up to the high groove in this corner. Kind of taking it easy in the early going, all except Mark Martin, he takes a look inside Ricky Rudd. He wants Trouble to down it. off turn number three. Three cars get out of shape, slam the inside retaining wall. Loy Allen Jr. goes for a spin and now gets his car to stop before hitting the wall. Ward Burton, the other car involved. Hard contact on the outside of the racetrack. And it's a battle for the lead in turn one. Ricky Rudd dives to the inside of Rusty Wallace. They'll pull dead even off turn two and hit the long pond stretch. As they work their way down the straightaway, Bob Keselowski pulls his ailing car off into one of the runoff areas in the infield. Rusty Wallace and Ricky Rudd going to drag race into turn number two. As the caution flag waves in this corner of the racetrack, Rudd will beat Wallace into the corner and up off the turn. So off turn number two, everybody begins to slow down now as their spotters tell them what's happening down in turn number three. What's going on down here on the exit of the corner? Ward Burton has virtually blocked the outside lane of the racetrack, so now everybody's stepping in line, single file, slowing up the speed now as they enter turn number three. And it looks like Ward Burton has took a hard shot into the wall up there. That car sits right out against the wall as Ricky Rudd leads him back into the corner at a very slow rate of speed. Everybody comes down to the inside of the racetrack. Let's go back to turn three for an update. Well, Ward Burton just now climbing out of his machine. He's over. Okay. However, his car pretty badly damaged uh, Barney. It slammed the outside retaining wall on the left rear quarter panel. It looks like a lot of damage to the left rear side of Ward Burton's machine. So Ward Burton and Loy Allen combining for a caution flag out at lap number 18 here at Pocono International Raceway as we are slowed for the second time here today. And that was a mean lick that Ward took. The car tried to climb the wall out there in turn number three on the low side, nowhere near up high enough to cause any damage, but it hit the wall and kind of nosed up, and that was a hard lick. Meanwhile, Bobby Hamilton is on pit road, pitting here at lap number 18. Let's cover his stop. Well, they're doing right side tires on the car, Eli, they, uh, and they're going to do left sides also. So they've uh, got the right side changed, the left side, they're going to fill it up with fuel, and uh, they just about got him ready to go out. We'll take a short break, and we'll be right back. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Get your vehicle ready for summer during Murray AC Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Whether you need a full AC repair or a charge on your system, you'll find special offers on everything from AC compressors to refrigerant. Stay cool this summer. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Better parts, better prices every day. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. 
working the second caution flag of the afternoon here at Pocono International Raceway. Again, remembering that this race began under yellow, hence that was the first caution of the day. This coming out at lap number 17 with Ward Burton's car sustaining the majority of the damage out there in turn number three. Bob Keselowski has also parked the uh, Jimmy Means car off the number two corner, and that seems to end the day for Bob Keselowski. I talked to Jimmy Means the other day in the garage area. I guess it was on Friday afternoon, and I asked him whether uh, he is liking this ownership role and whether he's had the urge to drive the car at all. Unfortunately, Brad's mother passed away at Charlotte. He couldn't make it back on Saturday, so I got in the car and did a, a plug check deal Saturday morning. And, you know, I don't miss it. It's, uh, you know, the, the thrill or whatever you want to call it, you know, it's not there anymore for me. You know, you know and sure, it'd be nice maybe to win a race on a short track or something, but, you know, if I feel like if I'm not going to run the speedways, I'm not going to run anything. And, uh, it, you know, it's... Uh, I still like being involved with racing and all that, but as far as being the driver, you know, I don't really miss that. The Brad that he was talking about is Brad Teague out of Johnson City, Tennessee, who has driven the uh, Jimmy Means-owned automobile on and off here in the early stages of the year. Right now, Wally Dallenbach is on pit road. The STP Pontiac is in. Let's cover his stop. Well, they're changing right side tires. As a matter of fact, they're on the left side also loosening the lug nuts on the left. They put in uh, just a little bit of Unical gasoline here on lap 20, and now they swing around the left side. Four tires stop for Wally Dallenbach. And a couple of other cars a moment ago that might have sustained a little damage out there, uh, just some sheet metal, maybe even some scrub marks on the cars. Chuck Bounds' car showing a few marks along with Bobby Hamilton and Steve Grissom. So a contact being made a little bit early here this afternoon. 20 laps are complete. This race, as you know, has joined together the United Auto Workers and General Motors, the UAW GM Teamwork 500, people, teamwork, and technology working together to better the automotive industry and to bring you better Winston Cup racing. And UAW Vice President Steve Jokic has joined us here in the booth. Good to see you again today as we had a chance to chat last evening as well. This is a, a very nice amalgamation of two forces joining together, and it's worked out well, I think. It certainly is, and we're enjoying the race and all the preparation. We have I have never seen what goes into a race till the last two days, and it's just simply amazing that uh, what everybody's doing NASCAR and that and we're really happy to do it and I think they're showing the teamwork that we need really also not just the auto industry but all through America and of course uh, the cars that are built uh, by the UAW and looking very much like these same cars I think you can appreciate the technology that goes on in Detroit that has been adapted back and forth by the racing community absolutely in fact we're learning from them and they're learning from us and, that, and that's just great because the technology is great the safety of the drivers is the safety that we want for our consumer and as well as the uh, having the best product out there and we want to be the world's best and this is how you learn it watching the racing and seeing what other people are doing and, and we are going to be first class in the world steve who put this idea together who first got together and said here uaw gm let's uh, make this work together well this has been going on for several years quite frankly we've been talking about it and we decided to start displaying our products uh, the engines that we build the blocks that we cast for all the nascar cars and right and uh, so that's how we started. And then we went into the tech center and we asked our guys in the tech center, you think you could make a half racing car and a half Pontiac? And that's exactly what they did in 32 days. Really? And we start showing that at the different NASCAR races. And then we asked people to sit in it. We take their picture and, and then it kept building and building. Now we have uh, numerous engines out there. We have the North Star cutaway. We have uh, 
the uh, marine engines they're built by uh, Crusader out there and it's just all the different things that the engines we build the uh, UAW men and women uh, throughout the factories in the United States well this has been a great platform here this weekend Steve great to see you and uh, I hope this is uh, the first of many chances to visit with you over the years well I hope so too and thank you very much good to see you That's Steve it. Jokic UAW vice president joining us here at Pocono International Raceway this afternoon for the UAW GM teamwork 500 had a couple of pit stops uh, made just a moment ago Loy Allen will be able to continue he's been in and out as the crew checked his car over remember he was involved in the accident up in turn number three a moment ago with Ward Burton Dave Marcus also has been in and out of the pits uh, making several stops here in the last few minutes let's check in with Gary Montgomery at the care center well, I'm standing outside the care center. Ward walked out of the ambulance. We saw him walk into the ambulance over at the accident scene. He got out under his own power, but he is still in there. So we'll give you an update as soon as he comes out. But he, sh he is okay. Well, that's certainly good news as uh, we get set to go back to green here in just about a lap or so. I don't know if I've heard much talk about it, Barney, but tomorrow Dale Earnhardt is going to be inducted into the North Carolina Sports Hall of Fame. I know Lee Petty is there. Richard Petty has been inducted. Uh, other NASCAR stars in that hall that's based in Raleigh, North Carolina. But tomorrow it is Dale Earnhardt's day, and uh, can't argue with that. No, that's for sure. They've, uh, they've had several articles in the paper down there, and a few pieces have been done on television about it. As you know, Dale just kind of downplays everything, uh, but I think he's pretty proud of that. I would think so. Of course, uh, his dad, Ralph Earnhardt, a uh, Hall of Famer in his own right, and Dale Earnhardt now being honored as the field will get the one-to-go signal here, getting set to go back to green in one more lap around this uh, two-and-a-half-mile layout. The way they're lining up behind the pace truck as they get ready to go back to green in one more circuit around. Ricky Rudd is the leader. Rusty Wallace is second. Mark Martin's third. Jeff Gordon is fourth. Riding fifth right now is Brett Bodine. Kenny Schrader lines up sixth. Then comes Michael Waltrip seventh. Eighth is Kyle Petty. Ninth is Ernie Irvin. And rounding out the top ten will be Sterling Marlin as they swing down toward turn one. Let's go back to pit road. Well, we're in Bobby Hamilton's pits. He's the one that got uh, some damage there. Jeff Hammond, the crew chief, is here. Jeff, you guys did a little work on the car. You get it back in good shape. Yeah, Dick, uh, we were real lucky. Uh, we just barely bumped him in the back end, and what happened was it just messed aerodynamics of the nose up a little bit. We were able to come in and uh, get the hood straightened back out, pull the nose back up, get it taped down real good. So we got a good shake. Bobby came down the front straight away a second ago, and he's pretty happy with it. So I think we'll be all right. Did he say what happened? He said it looked like, uh, I guess, the 31 car broke loose, and everybody started getting on the binders right then, and uh, somebody bumped the 19 in the car. Spun him also, and he just barely bumped the 12. It's just, you know, typical deal at Pocono. He got a little bit high and a little too hard, and around she went. You know, I think we talked about that earlier, uh, Barney, and Eli, uh, some of the guys said something about getting out of the groove here is tough, especially in that turn over there. It'll get away from you in a hurry. That's true, and exactly something we see here time and time again. But Bobby Hamilton's on a high. He had a great run last week at Pocono. The, the finish didn't, uh, or at Dover, I should say, the finish didn't look all that great in numbers, but he was in the top uh, five, the top seven most of the afternoon. Uh, it must have been awfully rewarding, Bobby Hamilton. It was, Eli, and it's all because of the guys. You know, I go to a lot of these racetracks that I've run consistently well at, you know, like top 15 finishes. And every time we go to them places where I run well at, these guys give me just a little bit better of a race car, and it seems to run up front a lot, like the super speedways or whatever. But we're just really looking forward into getting to the second half of the season. It sort of reminds you of a rookie year when you say, okay, I go back to these places a second time. But Jeff and I both were talking. We've managed to get decent setups at all these places, and we're just really excited about going back to the second time around. Bobby Hamilton's best finish here at Pocono was 17th back in 1992, hoping to improve upon that. Right now he's running 40th after those uh, unscheduled pit stops. He's a good race driver, got a lot of talent. I think once that team kind of understands what he needs in a race car, you're going to see some good performances out of Bobby. Here they come down to the line. Green flag goes in the air. Single file restart. Ricky Rudd sets sail. Rusty Wallace goes after him. 
Back in third place is Mark Martin. The scrambles at fourth place. Brett Bodine had an idea of maybe making it too deep going off into turn one. Brett, it's all about going down to the inside to make a pass on Jeff Gordon. He falls back in line, though, because suddenly he's got a challenge of his own. Ken Schrader dives down to the inside. He's now up alongside Brett Bodine off turn one. And as they worked their way out of the long pond straightaway, Rusty Wallace thought just for a second of taking a shot at Ricky Rudd for the lead, but Rudd got that horsepower wound up in his Ford. He'll hold off Wallace now as they charge into turn number two. Back that battle for fifth spot. Ken Schrader inside of Brett Bodine. They go wheel to wheel up off the corner. And Kyle Petty wants to join that duel as well. Three wide down the short straightaway, heading into turn number three. Petty gets the edge. He'll dust off Schrader. He dives down to the inside, now works on Bodine. Bodine's fourth squeezes back in line in turn three. Meanwhile, at the point, Ricky Rudd comes out of turn three, leading a Winston Cup race for only the third time this year. He has led at North Wilkesboro. He led at Charlotte a few weeks ago. He leads here at Pocono. It is four and five wide behind him on this 100-foot wide main straightaway as they scramble back to one. It's back for the battle for the eighth position. Three wide coming into the turn. Tough to do. Michael Walter on the inside of Ernie Irvin. Ken Schrader in the middle of that battle. Schrader's the one who comes out on top. He'll leave Michael Waltrip and Ernie Irvin battling side by side. Double wide as they come down the long pond straightaway for that seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth, and so on. Back positions. The front four, meantime, at the front of the pack have broken away. Rudd, Wallace, Martin, and Gordon charge up off the tunnel turn. Gordon Chevrolet tracking behind the three Fords as they swing down the short straightaway. Everybody stays single file. The top four opening up. Maybe about five car lengths on the rest of the field. Nobody jumps out of line. Wallace taking a look to the inside. His run opened up maybe half a lane. Now they'll scramble off turn three down the front straightaway. And the battle is a good one for the lead, but it's even better back there for eighth, ninth, tenth, and eleventh. That's where they got four and five wide a moment ago. The front four, nose to tail, heading back to turn number one, but here at the line, watch Earnhardt. Down to the inside he goes. He's trying to move a little closer to the front. He's getting underneath Michael Waltrip up in turn one. Earnhardt's racing for the ninth position. He'll gain it before he reaches the end of the front straightaway. Right down to the inside of the track on the rumble strip. He picks up the position. Move Earnhardt up to ninth. Now here comes another car making a move to the inside. Sterling Marlin, he'll pull up alongside Mike Waltrip. And at the head of the pack, here's a challenge for third. Jeff Gordon looks underneath Mark Martin at the end of the long pond straightaway. He has to go back in line single file. Sterling Marlin not only did not make the pass on Michael Waltrip, he lost the spot. Darrell Waltrip got by him too. Marlin now hung to the inside of the racetrack. He'll go side by side with Michael Waltrip. Meanwhile, the top four now move into turn number three and again Wallace tries to take advantage on the inside. Rudd's car breaks loose a bit on the entrance of the turn and opens up only a half a lane. Rusty holds down the second spot behind Ricky Rudd. Mark Martin third. Fourth is Jeff Gordon and fifth now Brett Bodine. A stop and go penalty just handed out to Wally Dallenbach passing prior to the restart when the green flag went in the air moments ago. He's been in for the stop and go penalty. One thing though here at Pocono, it's such a long racetrack and so relatively flat it takes darn close to a minute to make a lap. A stop and go penalty will obviously lose you a lot of real estate, but you won't go a lap down. For more than 80 years, Detroit Diesel has been the legendary driving force powering many of the best-known trucks on the road. Through our state-of-the-art Detroit technologies in components and safety systems, we've earned our customers' trust as a reliable business partner dedicated to improving their bottom line. It's no wonder they continue to depend on Detroit to keep them safe and efficient on the road. When you demand it all, demand Detroit. 
29 cars continue on the lead lap here at Pocono International Raceway. A record 22 were on the lead lap when Jeff Bodine won this event back in June of 1990. So we're well ahead of that pace. In turn number three, Ernie Irvin still trying to take his shots at the race leader, Rusty Wallace. But Wallace manages to hold off the challenge of that Ford by about a car length and a half. Down at the infield care center, Gary Montgomery. Anything on Sterling Marlin or Chuck Bounds? Oh, trouble in turn number three. One car breaks loose. Jimmy Spencer slams the outside wall hard. Everybody else gets to the inside of the Miz race car, and Spencer's car is shortened up in the left rear. It rolls forward about three feet and comes to a stop in turn number three. Caution is on the speedway. Fourth one of the day. It comes out at lap number 69 as everybody will get by. Almost some contact made there, but not quite. Let's go back to turn three. Jimmy Spencer was in a pretty good battle there, Barney, with about two other cars. He got bumped on the rear side. The car broke loose and slammed hard into the outside retaining wall. And just now, Spencer beginning to lip his McDonald's Ford down the pit lane. The rear end pretty shortened up on the left-hand side, but Spencer able to drive the car off the scene. So he has been able to drive it away, and that certainly is encouraging, but as Fred says, a good bit of damage to the shortened left rear. Here comes Dave Marcus back out of the garage area. Dave has run 46 of the 69 laps here today, but after repairs, he's back. Meanwhile, Gary Montgomery at the care center. Anything on either Chuck Bown or Sterling Marlin? Well, the good news, Eli, is that both drivers walked out of the ambulance into the care center. There is still concern for Chuck Bown. He was unconscious for quite a while. He is very, very oozy, is how they're describing it, and they are preparing to airlift him to the Lehigh Medical Center. Now, the, uh, this is a really tragic thing. He is, again, we think he's all right, but the uh, Allison family, of course, very, very concerned after all the uh, things that have happened to them here at this racetrack. Not been a good racetrack for the Allisons yeah. over the years. Some of their uh, most serious problems have happened right here at Pocono, and let's hope the news will be good for Chuck Bowen. We're under caution at lap number 70. Again, it happened up in turn number four. Jimmy Spencer hit the wall up there, making contact apparently with another car, and they were working on Jimmy's car on pit road a moment ago. Let's see if we can get a report there. Well, they just come in, looked it over, and sent it to the garage, so we'll have to check on it in there. We'll get the update there shortly as pit stops will be upcoming in just a moment or so. Those of you who enjoy the uh, Country Music Television Network or TNN, the Nashville Network, or enjoy uh, country hits on your local radio station, well know Tracy Lawrence, who performed most recently The Good Die Young, the song that he dedicated to Winston Cup Racing in the memory of both Alan Kulwicki and Davey Allison. And Tracy has joined us here in the booth. Great to see you. I was looking forward to hearing you sing last night. You got rained on. I was looking forward to seeing you sing here this morning. You got rained on. But... Nevertheless, it's good to have you here. Well, thank you very much. It looks like it's been a rough weekend for the weather. Uh, we sure missed the ARCA race yesterday. I was looking forward to being around to witness some of that. But at least the sun has come out a little bit today, and the track looks like it's clear enough. If we can keep the racers out there from running over each other, we'll have a good day. Why don't you just hang on here and look over our shoulders while pit stops uh, take place, and we'll chat with you in a second again uh, here in a moment. 71 laps on the board. Rusty Wallace leads the leaders down the pit lane for service. Let's cover his stop. 3,800 RPMs as Wallace rolls down to his pit stall. Right behind him is Mark Martin. That is Jeff Gordon. Dale Earnhardt swings into his pit. Here comes Ricky Rudd. He's into his pit stall. Ted Musgrave, Waddy Dollenbach, Ernie Irvin, Kenny Schrader, all getting four tires and gasoline. Schrader had a great break on that last run. His window net came down, but he was able to put it back into place, and now they put a piece of tape on it to keep it there as Wallace rolls off the pit lane first. Right behind him is Ernie Irvin. Then comes Jeff Gordon. Dick Brooks. Well, Brett Bodine was in. Had two tires on that car and got him back uh, rolling again. Jeff Bodine was in also, and so was Todd Bodine, and they put four tires on those cars. 
Eric Gant was in and serviced his car out. Lloyd Allen's back in there still working on that car. As they got him serviced out, he drives away. Harry Gant seemed to stall the Skull Bandit after service, but he quickly refired the wick on that machine and has pulled away as we're working caution number four of the afternoon here at lap number 71 after Jimmy Spencer had the uh, Ford in uh, the wall in turn number three, and he has now gone to the garage area. Tracy Lawrence is still with us, who uh, put together a, a great video about uh, the song, The Good Die Young. How'd you recruit all the Winston Cup guys who have cameos and all in your video? Well, I have to give credit a lot to the Charlotte Motor Speedway and, uh, and Richard's Petty, Richard Petty's people down there. They put a lot of those folks together with us, and uh, we had actually gone down to Richard Petty's driving school, and I got to go through the driving experience and get on the racetrack and kind of push it to the limit somewhat, and really had a good time, met a lot of great folks. The one thing I found out in being involved in Winston Cup is that uh, Winston Cup fans and country music fans are pretty much the same people, so it's, it's been a great marriage. We know you can sing. Can you drive a stock car? Uh, I pushed one to about 160, but I, I, really? don't, I don't think I could get out here and run with these guys on this track today. The conditions are a little bit rough, but <laughs> maybe someday I'd love to get the opportunity to. Don't want to be picking a guitar going off in that corner at 160, right? I don't think so, especially the way it's looking out there today. It looks like the track might be a little slick in the corner somewhat. What's next on the charts for you? Well, we have a current single out right now called Renegades, Rebels, and Rogues that was in the Maverick movie that we're real excited about that's doing rather well for us. Tracy Lawrence, great to have you here. We're going to continue telling the folks the story of this race, but uh, don't be a stranger. Come by, and I'm Thank still waiting much. to hear you sing. I've got to catch you in concert. All right, I'll hold you to that. All right, Tracy. Tracy Lawrence joining us here at Pocono International Raceway this weekend. Now the second wave of stops being made. Jimmy Hensley was being posted as the race leader moments ago among those who had not stopped. Now he does come on pit road, and the hood goes up on his car. Well, it sure does. They've changed the right side tires. They're back under the hood looking at something. They're doing a, maybe a chassis adjustment under there. They're, I believe they're adjusting the sway bar on the car, uh, Eli. It looks like that's what they're working on. You know, here they got such a long time under the caution uh, on the pit stops. It takes about three, two and a half minutes or so to go around under the caution. So uh, they got a lot of time to work on these cars. They can make some serious adjustments on it. And I think that's what he was doing, adjusting the sway bar. We are under caution at lap number 72 from the Pocono International Raceway. This is MRN Radio. Here at Pocono International Raceway, the field expecting to see the one-to-go signal here in just uh, another few hundred yards as they come out of turn number three. Rusty Wallace led until he made a pit stop here along with all of the lead cars at lap number 71. Then Jimmy Hensley came on the leaderboard for a lap before Rusty Wallace has reassumed the lead. We have seen as many as 56 lead changes in a race here. Back in July of 1979, I mean, leads were changing about as quickly as I could imagine and can remember. We've also seen as few as 13 lead changes here in June of 1985. So if you're looking for predictability, this is the wrong place. I mean, this is not a predictable racetrack. No, we've said a lot of times, first time everybody came here and took a look at this racetrack, they said there's no way our guys can put on a good show because of the configuration of this speedway, but it has turned out to be one of the best races on the circuit over the years. The competition level has been extremely good. There's always at least 10 to 18, as high as 20 cars on the lead lap. And uh, it's, it's a heck of a show. You are talking a little bit earlier about shifting here, yeah. going around this racetrack. And uh, Jeff Burton, who is a rookie on the circuit this year, I kind of laughed at what he said. I said, you know, shifting must seem kind of strange on any speedway. It's strange to be shifting at 180 miles an hour, I tell you that. I, uh, we came up here last week, and I got the real wheels hopping one time, going into one. And that was not a very good feeling, because you really are, you're really going quick into one. And uh, if you don't hit that shift just right, you can get the rear wheels hopping. And, 
he can tear the rear end up in it and you can end up getting in the wall. So you really have to be careful how you do it. Can you imagine going down a highway in your personal car or Corvette or whatever you're driving at 100, and, well, you're not supposed to be out there at 180 <laughs> exactly. miles an hour, but all of a sudden you say, I think I'll just shift here into third gear or whatever at 180 miles an hour. It's hard to believe. It really is uh, an unusual deal, but uh, they say it saves the engine. You're, you're basically doing a third to fourth gear type of shift, an upshift and a downshift, just the one time here at this racetrack. But uh, we hadn't seen that until, what, three years ago maybe? Actually, this has been a track where we've seen innovations. Remember years ago, the late Neil Bonnet, when he was leading, came off a of turn three and started weaving down this main straightaway, breaking the draft on everybody else, and that was unheard of at that point. There was a TV commentator who uh, really took Neil to task that day and uh, couldn't believe what he was seeing. Now guys snaking down straightaways at Daytona, Talladega, here, anywhere. That's commonplace, so it was innovative here, and, and now the shifting uh, on an oval track innovative again here at Pocono Raceway. We're going to see a lot of that, uh, a lot of that draft dodging, as you called it a minute ago, as this race goes on. Green flag goes back in the air. Rusty Wallace sets sail. Ernie Irvin tries to hang with him, and in doing so, they pull away from the third-place car by maybe four or five car lengths. That will be Jeff Gordon, and that's where the scramble is in turn one. Jeff Gordon's trying to hold off Mark Martin, who's trying to dive down on the inside of him. Gordon does a great job blocking the lane down on the inside. Meanwhile, the front two set sail. They've got the lap car Lake Speed between themselves and Jeff Gordon's machine. Now Gordon dives down to the inside to get around Lake Speed, and at the same time, Mark Martin goes all the way to the bottom of the straightaway to try and get around Gordon. Lake Speed will pull out in front of Gordon, and Martin is going to grab the third spot away. He'll squeeze in front of Jeff Gordon at the entrance of the tunnel turn. Jeff Gordon has to watch his backside, too. There's Brett Bodine. Stays single file down the straightaway. Now breaks out of the draft to the inside, down the short shoot, heading into turn number three. Bodine can't get the edge on the entrance of the corner. Has to tuck back in line behind Gordon. The amazing thing is, though, the top two cars in the space of two and a half miles have pulled away by just about a second now on that next group of cars led by the lapped machine of Lake Speed just ahead of Mark Martin, Jeff Gordon, then Brett Bodine, Dale Earnhardt, Kyle Petty, Morgan Shepard, and then the lap car of Michael Wallace. Leaders are back in one. Here's Mark Martin trying to dive to the inside to get by the lap car, Lake Speed, as he did. He went a little bit too wide and opened the door for Jeff Gordon. Jeff Gordon gets by. Here comes Brett Bodine now. He's up alongside Mark Martin. But he's got the lap car of Lake Speed right in front of him now as they run down the long pond straightaway. So advantage Gordon for now. Lake Speed trying to find a way to get in line as they come to the tunnel turn. He's going to slide in behind Gordon. Brett Bodine is going to force Mark Martin outside. Here's Dale Earnhardt to his inside. Earnhardt's black Chevrolet slips around and dusts him off just on the exit of the corner. Now here comes Kyle Petty. Petty down to the inside of the racetrack. Makes it three wide. Dusts off two machines, including Mark Martin. Now on the outside, here comes Morgan Shepard off the third turn. Morgan Shepard having a good run here this afternoon along with Kyle Petty. Both those cars suddenly beginning to stick at the bottom of the speedway. Mark Martin locks in right behind those two as they cross the start finish line. They get three deep heading off into turn number one with Mark all the way down to the inside. That's a race for the sixth position. They'll stay three wide. Coming to the end of the front straightaway. Now Martin gets out of the throttle. He'll fall back in line. Let him battle it out among the two of them. Kyle Petty and Morgan Shepard. Now Shepard gets the good jump going up off the turn. Here comes Martin back into the picture. And we've got a Pontiac sandwich on the long pond straightaway. A Ford to Kyle Petty's inside. A Ford to Kyle Petty's outside. Martin on the inside. Shepard on the outside. Still three wide at the very critical breaking point to the corner. Kyle is going to be the one to give way, but Morgan Shepard stays tough on the outside. Side by side, Kyle Petty to the inside now with the Pontiac alongside Morgan Shepard for the seventh position as they race down the short straightaway into the turn. Kyle Petty muscles his way down to the inside of the racetrack. He'll force Shepard up high and get a wheel on him off the turn. What a car's handling awfully well for Kyle Petty, whether it's just a 
continuation of the dominance he showed here last year, or maybe that new look stretch Pontiac kicking in here this afternoon. Either way, Kyle's climbing the leaderboard, but still nobody's been able to chase down and pass Rusty Wallace. Here at Pocono International Raceway, Ernie Irvin now by a car length and a half, leading Rusty Wallace. Rusty led most recently from lap 73 through 77 after the caution flag pit stops. Ernie making the pass here a lap and a half ago. So he leads. Wallace is second. Jeff Gordon now runs third. Brett Bodine fourth. Fifth spot is Dale Earnhardt with Mark Martin going sixth. Kyle Petty seventh. Morgan Shepard runs eighth. Ninth now is Terry Labonte. And the scramble for tenth, a good one, with Michael Waltrip just ahead of Ricky Rudd, who runs in the eleventh spot. Wally Dallenbach now being posted in 12th. In the infield of this Pocono International Raceway now, just adjacent to the infield care center, the ambulance is pulled up alongside a metallic blue air evac helicopter. They have fired up the rotor blades and they'll be evacuating Chuck Bound to the Lehigh Valley Medical Center in Allentown, Pennsylvania for some observation. Again, let's establish, if you're just joining us, after the accident between Chuck and Sterling Marlin, Chuck did walk from his race car to the ambulance. He then walked into the infield care center and although he is now on a stretcher as the helicopter leaves the helipad here with a backup helicopter just hovering out over turn two, waiting to take its place, Chuck Bound is being transported just for a medical checkup but let's again establish that he did walk to the helicopter or to the ambulance and then to the care center so uh, from that standpoint certainly uh, encouraging yeah, Eli be... I have an update on that I just talked with his wife a few minutes ago and he, he is conscious he's talking to everyone and he's generally okay but he was knocked out for so long that this is the reason they're taking this uh, emergency this um, whatever we call it here taking him off to, for a checkup Meanwhile, I've got Jimmy Spencer standing alongside. He's the last driver out of the races. Uh, McDonald's uh, Ford is all banged up. And, Jimmy, first of all, let's establish that you're okay and then tell us what happened. Hey, and I just hope Chuck's all right. You know, I used to drive for Bobby Allison. He's had a lot of tough luck in his lifetime, and he doesn't need to have something happen to his driver now. Well, the McDonald's car wasn't running as good as we wanted to, but we were adjusting on it, and we were working our way up. And uh, 75 car and I got together and uh, spun around and hit the back of the wall. Did a lot of damage to the car. We can't repair it. So uh, try and get him next week in Michigan. So Jimmy Spencer out of it here a little early. And the attrition rate is high enough, but it's not uh, as high as we have seen it here. Jimmy Spencer, the latest to go to the garage area. Chuck Mount out, Sterling Marlin out, Derek Cope. Dave Marker spent some time in the garage, but has now gone back onto the speedway. Joe Nemechek spent a lot of time in the garage area making some repairs to his car. He is back on the speedway. Bob Keselowski has called it today, and Ward Burton is out due to an accident also. Those are the cars that are have had problems and are either in the garage area or have come back onto the racetrack several laps behind. 81 on the scoreboard. Right, 100 makes up halfway, 200, then the total of 500 miles. If you're just uh, tuning in, hoping to catch the last few moments of the race that was to have started at 12 noon Eastern time. Well, we're not even a halfway after rain and fog delayed the start of this event by some two hours. Once the race did go to full speed green. Rusty Wallace has been the dominant car, though Ernie Irvin has taken the lead here in the last handful of moments and tries to pull away by just about a three car length situation. However, it's now four seconds back from second place to third Brett Bodine, fourth Jeff Gordon and fifth Mark Martin. That scramble of the third's a good one in turn two. Yeah, Jeff Gordon was hanging on to it for a while. Brett finally got uh, to the inside of him, made the pass here in turn one. That happened on the very last lap. 
and also Mark Martin was trying to get around Earnhardt for a long time, but now Martin finally has made his move. Now he's right up on the rear deck of Jeff Gordon. Mark Martin running in fifth. Earnhardt is now back to sixth. Then it's a few seconds back to Kyle Petty in seventh. He's got Morgan Shepard in eighth right on his bumper. And a change now for the fourth spot. Mark Martin slides underneath Jeff Gordon at the tunnel turn. Jeff Gordon almost seemingly off the pace as he exited turn number two. Now down the short straightaway. He's going to have to deal with Dale Earnhardt. Earnhardt's black Chevrolet taking a look to the inside of his Chevy. They'll go single file, however, in turn number three. Gordon drifts up the banking. Here comes Dale Earnhardt to the inside. Dale Earnhardt, the last couple of times we have been here, had kind of a slow start, so to speak, the first half of the race. They worked on the car, adjusted on it. He came back, I believe, and won the second race when we came back here in July last year. So uh, don't count him out. Even though we're not halfway home yet, they can still make a lot of adjustments and get him going. Barney, yeah. excuse me, but I've caught up with Sterling Marlin, and uh, we can establish that he is okay. We've done that earlier, but we'll let him tell you first off, and maybe he can tell us what happened down there in turn number one. Well, we'd uh, pitted, put on, uh, you know, four tires, and Ricky had two, and we're just making layups. The Kodak Chevy's running good, and uh, went in the corner, and uh, looked like Chuck uh, Brown let, let Ricky go, and I was behind him, and when he won, and it got away from Chuck, and uh, he's going to spin, and he overcorrected and come back across the track and uh, hung me and uh, turned us both in the wall. So uh, we're running good, and uh, it's just one of them deals. One of them deals. He's on his way back to Tennessee. We'll get out of his way right now. Sterling Marlin, okay, but uh, out of the race here this afternoon, that's another team that's had way more than their share of bad luck in recent weeks. Battle for the lead, well, it's not one going on right now. I think those two just want to move away, those two being Ernie Irvin and Rusty Wallace. Brett Bodine rides in the number three position. He is two and six-tenths of a second behind. Mark Martin is behind Brett. A little further back in the pack, Kyle Petty was reeling him in a little bit earlier, but now he has fallen back a little better than seven seconds behind the leader. We'll take a break, and we'll be back. Have everything you need for your next oil change? Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and save on five parts of Castrol GTX conventional motor oil and a microguard filter for $24.99. Plus, earn triple O Rewards points. Protect your engine with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit supply. See store for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. From the racetrack to the road home, fill up with Sunoco, the official fuel of NASCAR. Sunoco makes high-quality performance fuels for the greatest drivers in the world, both on and off the track. Whether you are pulling up to the pump or experiencing the excitement of being at the track on race day, this will be a four-tire change. They've already topped it off with Sunoco fuel. Side service complete, second can of Sunoco fuel in. He's down and away. You can trust Sunoco to be the fuel that keeps you going. Capture the essence of racing and fill up with the official fuel of NASCAR, Sunoco. It's still nearly a three-second lead for the top two cars, Ernie Irvin and Rusty Wallace on the third-place battle. Mark Martin, Brett Bodine, Jeff Gordon in that order with Dale Earnhardt now beginning to close in on pit road. Yet another unscheduled stop for the active trucking team of Dick Trickle. The hood has been up repeatedly throughout the course of the afternoon. Too bad, too, because the headquarters of the active trucking company and the active wood recycling company is only about an hour away over in New Jersey. And uh, uh, Dick was looking forward to being able to really entertain some of the employees and the uh, management level from uh, active trucking here this weekend. Yeah, he said yesterday afternoon uh, there's a lot of them coming down this weekend. And he's had some good runs here at Pokemon. Yeah. He's had really some good runs. Was running good in the early going this afternoon. Not to be that right now with a hood up as he continues to sit on pit road. We talked about Kyle Petty a moment ago. He was He's had a kind of a hot and cold day here. At a given segment of the race, he'd run like Jack the Bear for 15 or 20 laps and reel in the leader, get up there real close, then drop back. Let's see if we can get a report out of his pit. I'm his crew chief, Jim Long. Jim, first of all, with this extended Pontiac, did you have to make a lot of changes from last year's Pontiac to this one? 
Yeah, we're we're still seeking the aero balance in these cars. And from the what the information we got at Dover and what we felt the car needed, we brought a different car to here than we, we originally planned. This is our Talladega car here. It seems to be working pretty well for us here, so what we figured was working. Kyle seems to drive this racetrack awfully well. I said, Kyle seems to drive this racetrack awfully well. Yeah, this is one of his better racetracks. He's doing really well. Uh, we're still a little bit loose, but we're, st we're going to work on it. I think we're going to be okay. That's his crew chief, Jim Long, and they are continuing to work on his car. And before the day's over, he could be a factor. Kyle seems to think uh, with the change in personnel that things, he says it'll take us, we'll be off balance is the way he put it for a week or so, but uh, they've had some pretty good runs in the last couple of weeks at Dover. They weren't running that bad. Exactly right. Dick Trickle's car has gone behind the wall now, joining uh, Bob Keselowski, Ward Burton, Joe Nimichek, Derek Cope, Sterling Marlin, Chuck Bound, and Jimmy Spencer, all of whom are out of the event. We were talking earlier in the weekend also to Bobby Hamilton about that stretch Pontiac. If you're not familiar, NASCAR allowed the Pontiac teams to add a few inches to the front and back of the car. They were seven inches shorter front to back than the uh, Chevy Luminous, the Ford Thunderbirds, and so on. And I asked Bobby Hamilton, uh, how would that stretch Pontiac work for you at Dover last week? I never got loose the whole day. Never once. I mean, I stayed tight. We loosened the car up during the race, and the car just kept getting better. And we were still tight. We was going to wait till the end of the race, you know, because he just kept pacing me. He told me to slow down, you know, need to keep the tires in this thing. And when we blowed that tire, I don't think I hit debris because I felt a problem too last before that. I think we just had a bad set of tires. The tires a little bit inconsistent, and it's hard for a tire company like Goodyear to build so many sets of race tires to be so consistent. But like they said, I could have hit some uh, debris or whatever, but that was the main thing. I had cars just tucked right up to me, and usually with the Pontiac, you get real loose, especially at a place like Dover, and that was not in my race car. So that was a report off of uh, another full weekend of race preparation for that stretch Pontiac. 91 laps on the board. Still no change in the running order behind Ernie Urban and Rusty Wallace. Mark Martin is third. Brett Bodine is fourth. Jeff Gordon runs fifth. Dale Earnhardt sixth. Kyle Petty is seventh. Eighth now Ricky Rudd with Morgan Shepard ninth and uh, Wally Dallin back 10th. Good run for Wally there. 11th is Ted Musgrave. Terry Labonte runs 12th. Ken Schrader is 13th. 14th belongs to Michael Walchip. Hut Strickland is 15th. All of these cars are on the lead lap. 16th is Bobby Labonte. Dale Jarrett runs 17th. Jeff Bodine is 18th. Darrell Waltrip is 19th. And Rick Mast is 20th. 21st is Bill Elliott with Harry Gant running 22nd. 23rd, Todd Bodine. Steve Grissom is 24th. Greg Sachs is 25th. 26th is Loy Allen with Jimmy Hensley 27th. Those 27 cars now running on the lead lap. Taking you a lap back now. One lap down is the Lake Speed car in 28th. 29th is Jeff Burton and 30th Mike Wallace. 31st is Bobby Hamilton. 32nd is the Rich Bickle car. Two laps down and 33rd is John Andretti. And you drop back to six laps down for Dick Trickle. He's gone behind the wall and everybody else with the exception of Dave Marcus who is back running some 23 laps down. Everybody else is already in the garage area. Meanwhile, the front two continue to pull away, and Alan Bester, we talked about the big three being, uh, of course, Ernie Irvin, Rusty Wallace, and Dale Earnhardt. It might just become the big two, the way those two are getting around here. Well, Earnhardt's not having a bad day, Barney. He's running in fifth right now, and we don't know how hard he's really pressed, especially considering he's started a pretty good ways back behind the other two, but I'm telling you what, Ernie Irvin and Rusty Wallace are just flat out evenly matched so far today. They're both getting through the center of the 
racetrack oh so well. Neither one able to pull the other. When Rusty was leading, he couldn't shake Ernie Irvin off this corner. Now that Ernie's leading, he can't shake Rusty Wallace off this corner. A little, perhaps, feeling out process among those two trying to determine what the other guy's got as they come towards the end of the race. And Joe, is that the big reason that they're beginning to pull away is down on your end of the racetrack? Allen says they're handling so good, just able to get through there with a lot of speed, and it looks like they're able to do the same thing in one. Yeah, they looked uh, perfectly matched down here for the last 10 laps. Rusty has been all over Ernie, just kind of trying different things. He kind of sneaked a peek to the inside, kind of pulled it up to the outside. A couple of times even looked like maybe he was pushing the race leader once they came off turn one, right up on the rear deck. But now, the last time they came by here just a moment ago, he's fallen back a little bit and let the leader stretch it out by a couple of car lengths. So looks like that uh, maybe they're just kind of sizing each other up, just waiting for the closing laps to finally make that run. But the closing laps are still 107 away. 96 laps on the board here at Pocono. There's four shy of halfway in this 200-lap event. Along with Barney Hall, I'm Eli Gold. We'll find out later on today who'll win the Western Auto Mechanic of the Race Award. Larry McReynolds, who's the crew chief for the Ernie Irvin team, currently shows the way towards that season-ending $25,000 bonus. But there's $2,000 on the line here today. And right now, Ernie's doing all he can do to help Larry pad his point lead and take home $2,000 more. Western Auto, the official auto parts and service store of NASCAR giving away the Western Auto Mechanic of the Race Award. We'll talk about that later in the afternoon. I think the best thing we can talk about right now, Barney, is the battle for sixth place. The cars running ahead, Dale Earnhardt and Jeff Gordon have pulled away by about a half of this main straightaway, but the sixth place scramble now is a good one here at the start-finish line. Ricky Rudd, then a car length and a half back to Kyle Petty, a car length and a half back to Morgan Shepard, a car length and a half further back. You've got Wally Dallin back and Ted Musgrave. They're all in one. Five our freight train all taking the same line, diving down to the inside of the track at the end of the front straightaway, hugging the inside lane through turn one. No one trying to make the pass right now. Ricky Rudd leads that parade down to turn two. Kyle Petty had led that group just a couple of laps ago. Ricky Rudd made the move around Kyle, and now Morgan Shepard and Wally Dallenbach are trying to do just the same to Petty. The tail end of that line is Ted Musgrave. He was running ahead of Dallenbach a couple laps ago. Wally is continuing to move up and have a great day in the STP Pontiac. Here goes Dallenbach back down to the inside of the racetrack, trying to make the move on Morgan Shepard. Musgrave becomes a factor now. He moves to the outside of the racetrack. Dahlenbach looked like he just lost the speed down the straightaway. Now he's got to tuck back in line. Puts it down to the bottom of the speedway, and that will shut down Ted Musgrave's move to move up a little closer to the front of the pack. Ricky Rudd, meanwhile, is pulled away from Kyle Petty by about four or five car lengths right now. At the front of the field, the front two just continue to drive away, that being Ernie Irvin and Rusty Wallace. Right now, let's go down to the pits and Jim Phillips. Well, they're getting ready to pit the Haviland Ford as uh, Larry McReynolds giving uh, guys instructions. Jeff Clark's got the jack up on the wall as Larry looks at the chart and looks at his times and see when they're going to pit. Uh, and he's checking out uh, all those charts. Larry, started seventh, but you've got it to the front right now. Yeah, we're going to come in here about two or three laps. You know, we've been working on the car and working on it, working on it. We got it pretty good right now. Uh, Rusty and, and Mark's back there. He's he's a little faster than Rusty and us right now, but got a lot of racing to go yet. And Larry said they're not going to make an adjustment this time. They made one the last time, so no adjustment for Ernie Irvin this time. 
Next time by, it'll be halfway home here this afternoon at Pocono as the front two sail off into turn one. Down on the inside of the track, Ernie Irvin still maintaining about a two-car length lead over Rusty Wallace. They're approaching some slower traffic on the long pond stretch. Work their way up in the back bumper of the Rich Bickle car now as they come to the entrance of turn number two. Bickle's car occupying the inside line. Now he looks in the rearview mirror, sees the front two coming, but doesn't have much of a choice but to take that bottom groove. Irvin almost gets into the back end as he tries to keep his momentum up through the corner. Both Black Floyds, uh, Ford choosing the inside lane. They'll get by the Bickle car, but that tightened up the lead battle. Here's Rusty Wallace looking to the inside of Ernie Irvin as they race into turn number three. The two cars virtually nose to tail off the turn down the front straightaway. And while the leaders come to the halfway point, Kyle Petty is the first of the lead cars to pit. And he pits you on lap 99. And they put on the tires, fill it up with gasoline, and Kyle Petty is back on the speedway. And the leaders may put him a lap down as they swing off into turn number one. He's trying to get up to speed, but he may go a lap down. Kyle's trying to come up to speed. Ernie has to get out of the throttle for a moment because Kyle pulled right up in front of him. Now Kyle goes wide, opens the lane on the inside. There goes Irvin and Rusty making their move by and putting a lap on Kyle. And Wallace will try and take advantage of that move by Ernie Irvin around Kyle Petty to see if he conducted the inside. He won't be able to do it. He'll fall in line single file in second, and all that maneuver around traffic. Irvin the last lap by in this corner and also over in turn one around Kyle has allowed Mark Martin to catch the front two. Both Ernie Irvin and Rusty Wallace have had their shares of problems down here in turn number three. Here comes Rusty Wallace to the bottom of the racetrack. His car begins to slow into the third corner. Kyle Petty gets around him. Wallace to the inside begins to slow. Looks like he might be diving down the pit lane off the third turn. Rusty's coming in. Ernie Irvin's going to do likewise. We heard Larry McReynolds, our crew chief for the Ernie Irvin car, tell Jim Phillips moments to go. He'd be stopping in a lap or two. Both Ernie and Rusty come in. They decelerate down to 65 miles an hour, the pit road speed, and they'll be to the attention of their crew here in just a moment. Jim? And here they come as Wallace flashes by to his pit. Ernie Irvin's in his pit. 3,800 RPMs. The speed limit as far as the driver's concerned today. That's what he's watching. On the right side, Joey Knuckles and Eric Torrent go to work. They get the right side changed. Now they're on the left side. Big Jeff Clark on the jack. Did Raymond Fox try to get that left rear tire on? And he's working on it. The front tire is on. Now it's going down and away. And up the pit lane, Rusty Wallace, he's going to beat Ernie Irvin out of the pits. Well, I'll tell you, that team is quick. Ernie Irvin's car had come to a stop a good two seconds ahead of Rusty Wallace's car, and Rusty's car was rolling before Ernie's was. Got some more pit stops going on. Uh, Bobby Labonte is in the pits. Hut Strickland is in, and so is Terry Labonte. Let's cover their stops. Taking on right side rubber on all three of those cars and a tank of Unical fuel, and they'll go back onto the racetrack also. Now, here comes Mark Martin in, and this is all the front of the pack now, just about. Mark will be the next car to come onto pit road. Brett Bodine brings his machine in, and here comes Dale Earnhardt along with Ricky Rudd. Also in is Ted Musgrave along with Wally Dollenbach. Let's go back to the pits. Mark Martin's crew goes to work on the right side as Earnhardt flashes by. He pulls into his pit stall. Here comes Ricky Rudd. Wally Dollenbach is coming to the pit lane. Here's Ted Musgrave. And Dollenbach almost hits one of his crew members as he dives across the wall. But he gets across the wall unscathed. And now he's going to lose to the left side lug nuts. Dollenbach's car has been loose. And they will make a chassis adjustment on the right side. One round of wedge out. But a close call for one of Wally Dollenbach's pit crew members. But he gets up and does his job. And now, but the car is pinned close in on the pit lane. But they are getting the tires on. But this is going to cost him a couple of positions because he came in ahead of Ted Musgrave. And now the last plug that goes on. And Wally Dollenbach is back on the racetrack. Lap 102 is on the board just past the halfway point. We'll be right back. 
Dale Earnhardt has taken over the lead here at Pocono Raceway as a number of stories unfold at the same time. Jeff Bodine's XI Batteries Ford begins smoking heavily from the rear. He comes to the pit area to the attention of Paul Andrews and the boys while the lead cars are on pit road, Jim. Rusty Wallace and Ernie Irvin on the pit lane at the same time. Wallace beats him off the pit lane. Now here's Mark Martin, Jeff Gordon, and Ricky Rudd in on the pit lane. But again, Rusty Wallace's crew beats Ernie Irvin's crew out. Dick Brooks. Well, uh, Jeff O'Neill came in all right. He had a blown left rear tire. Now this is about the fifth tire today we've seen uh, go down or uh, at least go flat or blow out. And the innerliners held on every one of them. So that's a very, very good sign for the innerliners anyway. And it saved him from, uh, from a disastrous problem anyway. Quick stop again for Rusty Wallace. Puts him about maybe 200 feet ahead of Ernie Irvin over in the tunnel turn. They work their way across the corner now. They'll come up on some lap traffic, and Rusty Wallace has the hammer down. Make it about 20 car lengths before they encounter that traffic. Michael Waltrip, one of those cars, as now Wallace comes into turn number three, tucks it down to the inside of the racetrack. Give him about 10 car lengths on Ernie Irvin now as they shuffle off turn three and head down the straightaway. Dale Earnhardt pits. Ken Schrader becomes the leader during this sequence of green flag stops. Earnhardt is in. And they're on the right side of the Earnhardt car. Jenny Elledge and Andy Petrie changing the tires. Now they swing around to the left side as Danny Chocolate Myers in search of gas. David Smith has it up on the jack. Here's Ted Musgrave. Now Michael Walter and Bill Elliott strode on the pit lane and Earnhardt service is done and he's back on the speedway. Now these are scheduled pit stops. They're coming at lap anywhere from 131 and we're at 133 right now. And most of the front of the field have already pitted and gone back onto the racetrack. Kenny Schrader continues to stay out there. So he is being shown as the leader at the moment. So we continue to work under green here. This race had four fairly quick caution periods. One on lap number one as the race began under caution in green. Then lap number 17, we saw Loy Allen and Ward Burton get together. Lap 56, Chuck Bound and Sterling Marlin. Then Jimmy Spencer had an incident up in the turn three wall at lap 69. Since then, we have been caution free. Ken Schrader will now hand the lead off as he brings the Kodiak Chevrolet in to Ken Howes and the boys. Again, Jim Phillips. And the Crow boys go to work on the right side. Steve Crow Sr., Steve Crow Jr. They get the side jacked up. They insert that can of Unical gasoline. The second can goes in, and now they go around the left side as Wally Dallenbach swings into his pit stall. You're on lap 133. It'll be four tires and gasoline for the STP Pontiac. Wally had been posted up as leading a part of that lap just before they came in, but once they come on to pit road, it will now move. Rusty Wallace back into the lead. Ernie Irvin is being posted second. They're showing Dale Jarrett third, and I don't believe Dale has pitted. And Darrell Walker is being shown in fourth place right now with still some pit stops remaining for some of those cars. You remember on the last sequence that both Dale Earnhardt, excuse me, Darrell Waltrip and uh, Dale Jarrett went a bit longer than everybody else in their pit stop, so they'll be coming in before much longer, but they have managed to stay out there. But now Rusty Wallace is the leader, and he's got darn close to three seconds on the second place runner of Ernie Irvin. Jim Phillips, Ernie's car just continued not to get through the corners particularly well as he tipped off his crew at all as to anything that he might think is wrong. He just said the car continued to get worse tight-wise, pushy, would not, did not want to turn in the turns. He's had to jerk the car down. They, they talked it over about the tire stagger. They were going to change that, try to get a different stagger in the rear to try to get more to make the car turn, and they were going to make an adjustment on the chassis during that last pit stop. But when you pit under green, it's hard to make a lot of changes. And we'll ask Larry McReynolds, Larry, did you change the car in at all that time? 
just opened up a little bit of grill. Was running a little bit warm, put just a little bit of bite back in. He did say them last few laps, he felt like he wanted a little bite back in. So that's the story from Larry McReynolds, his crew chief. Steve Grissom came in for a scheduled pit stop, has gone back onto the racetrack, and Mike Wallace takes the High League Myers car back onto the racetrack after routine service from his crew. From the Pocono International Raceway, this is MRN Radio. 136 laps of 200 now complete here at Pocono International Raceway. Rick Mast is in for service. So too John Andretti. All of these stops on the green flag. Maybe the best battle on the racetrack now is 13th and 14th. Right now it's Morgan Shepard ahead of Ted Musgrave. Moments ago it was Musgrave ahead of Shepard. They're going to battle again in turn one. They're just a couple of inches apart as they come back into the turn. Musgrave trying to root down underneath Morgan Shepard to try to make the pass. Got a fender down almost alongside, but now as the exit turn one, Shepard has to fall back in behind him. Ted Musgrave has tried for about the last seven or eight laps to find a way underneath Morgan Shepard off of the tunnel turn and onto the short shoot. Here they come again into the corner. Musgrave again trying to get a run underneath Shepard. He won't be able to do it. Down the short straightaway. Musgrave has been one of the cars down here that's really able to dig into the bottom of the racetrack. He'll look to the inside of Shepard now, but Shepard's car works well down low, so he shuts down the inside lane, holds on to position as he races off turn three. And that's a couple of sore race drivers after both crashed into the wall up at Dover last week, and both came in here climbing in and out the window very gingerly in practice, but they're out there at it right now like they have not a care in the world. They still go at it real good in the front straightaway, heading off to turn one. Still nose to tail with Morgan Shepard leading the parade back into turn number one, both diving right to the inside of the track. And again, as they come about halfway through the turn, Musgrave starts peeking down to the inside. Now he even looks on the outside of Shepard, but can't make the move. The other real tight battle for position on the racetrack right now is up in the third spot as Mark Martin is trying to find a way around Brett Bodine. Those cars are in three. Cars work through the corner now. It had been nose to tail moments ago. It's now a car length and a half separating Brett Bodine from Mark Martin. Darrell Waltrip made a pit stop moments ago, which we covered for you at lap 136. He was a bit too speedy coming down the pit lane, and he was assessed a 15-second penalty while he was in for what was a routine stop. 139 laps complete of 200. Rusty Wallace continues to show as the race leader. Rusty coming off a win last weekend at Dover Downs International Speedway. And actually, Rusty Wallace is just a one-time winner here at Pocono International Raceway but if you think back to the races over the years you'll know that Rusty has been in a position to win a far greater number than that as a matter of fact Rusty how many uh, races does this track owe you well I won one race here but I don't think I deserve to win it I, I, I shouldn't say that I, I led all day long off and on and I stayed out in a rain and I won and Ernie was sitting right there after a fresh pit stop with four brand new tires. He would have restarted, he would have nailed me, no, no doubt about it. But I tell you what, the way the car's running right now, we got a car right here at Pocono that's, that's every bit as capable to win this thing, not by a little bit, by a long shot. And he's trying to live up to that right now, trying to pull away from second place Ernie Irvin. And it's been the convincingly dominant car, Alan, as he heads up to you. He is working his way down the long pond straightaway. He's not flinched a single time across this tunnel turn all day long. He's taken about an identical line. We've seen Ernie Irvin slip a couple of times, but not Rusty. He's still working his way very smoothly through this end of the track. We've been watching Rusty Wallace turn into the corner. We can almost look right straight down into the windshields of the drivers as they come through. And Wallace has been the smoothest driver. He's not a 
had to work the steering wheel at all, just kind of flicking it over to the left and then smoothly drifting off the corner. To the contrast right now, Ernie Irvin really sawing the wheel through turn number three. And a little wheel sawing going on back in the pack also for fourth place just a moment ago between Mark Martin and Brett Bodine as they came through turn number three and into the front straightaway. Positions there change for the moment. Mark currently rides ahead of Brett Bodine. Brett's had a good run for the last couple of, well, actually for the last four or five races. They've just been one of those teams that's kind of been snake bit with bad things happening to them, but they've got that team turned in the right direction also, and that battle heats up again in front of Joe Moore. Here they come into the corner, down to the inside of the racetrack goes Earnhardt, flashing up alongside Jeff Gordon. Earnhardt will grab the spot here in turn one. Meanwhile, the back straight away looks like it may be the end of the day for Mike Wallace. Big puff of smoke out of his Heiling Myers Ford as he exited turn one, and he's limping back around towards the pit area. Wallace will take the car down onto a runoff safety road through the tunnel turn and allow those cars racing for position, the full use of the racing groove and that good scrap for eighth spot. Ted Musgrave has finally gotten around Morgan Shepard. Meanwhile, Mark Martin and Brett Bodine continue their battle. Here's Bodine looking to the inside. Martin yields maybe half a lane in turn number three, but uh, snaps it right down to the bottom of the racetrack. They'll hold position off the third corner. Mike Wallace missed the turnoff that Allen was saying. He hoped that the Heilig Myers Ford would use as an escape route, and he is now going to limp around, not under power, hopefully all the way back towards the pit lane. It's been a good week for that Heilig Myers team, good week for the driver because Mike Wallace won at Dover last Saturday in the Bush Series race, and then Bill DeRusher, the president of Heilig Myers, announced that they have extended their sponsorship agreement with Junie Dunleavy, moving past this year into the future, but they may not bring the car around to the pit lane right now. We just see a big puff of smoke, Fred, from behind the car as he refired it. What's he doing? He has it refired now, Eli, to the inside of the racetrack, which is a tough place to be as Ernie Irvin almost hits the wall on the outside of the racetrack. A couple of other cars slip to the inside. Irvin just about lost control of his machine. Irvin came into the turn, tucked down to the bottom of the racetrack, and all of a sudden, there was Mike Wallace. Had to drift up a lane, and now Mark Martin loses control of his machine and regains it in the corner. So two drivers with some real problems on the inside in turn number three. Both cars getting awfully close to that wall. Mark is way out of the throttle as he crosses the start-finish line, and Ernie Irvin also slowed a great deal here in the front straightaway. 143 laps are on the board. We'll be right back. 145 laps on the board as Rusty Wallace continues to wear out the field here at the Pocono International Raceway. Ernie Irvin running in the second spot. Now third belonging to Mark Martin. Fourth place is the Dale Jarrett car and a solid fifth for Brett Bodine. Meanwhile, the garage area continues to fill. The seventh retiree of the day, Mike Wallace, standing by with Gary Montgomery. Well, Mike is out of the car and uh, there's a lot of stuff under there that doesn't look like it belongs there, Michael. Well, we had some motor problems. The blue motor appears going down the front straightaway. It's a shame. We, we were a little off on horsepower today. The car was handling real good. The Heilig Myers Ford Thunderbird was just running well. We ran out of gas early in the race, so that got us behind. But unfortunately, the motor quit before we were ready to. So we'll go back next week in Michigan and get them there. That's the racer spirit. Always next time. Mike Wallace will join Jimmy Spencer, Chuck Bounds, Sterling Marlin, Derek Cope, Bob Keselowski, and Ward Burton as the cars that are through for the day. Joe Nemechek spent some time in the garage, but is back in the race along Dave Marcus. Spent a lot of time in there also along with Dick Trickle, but all those cars are back on the racetrack. Let's remind everybody that you can put your favorite driver in the running for the McDonald's All-Star Race Team by calling a 1-900 number. The number is 1-900-370-1995. It's 95 cents a minute with the average call ranging two minutes. You've got to be 18 years of age or over, but why not vote now for your favorite driver? 1-900-370-1995 to vote for the McDonald's All-Star Race Team. 
147 laps are on the board here this afternoon in the UAW GM Teamwork 500, and the race has had a little bit of everything, but the one thing, the two cars, there have been two cars at the front of the pack that have been exceptionally strong all day long, and they're still up there. That would be Rusty Wallace and Ernie Irvin. Now, there are some cars back there that have been able to keep them in sight, but have not been able to get up there and really challenge for the lead. Dale Earnhardt is one of those. You heard Eli talking a moment ago. He was still back in fifth place. Jim Phillips, you've been in that pit all day long. Have they just had some problems with the car, been adjusting on it every time they come in, or what? Well, it looked all, like all the stuff's been kind of routine. Richard Childress, you've hung around the top five all day, but you've not been able to challenge uh, Ernie or Rusty. How's the car been? Well, I think we've got our car better, but right now we're, uh, you know, we're just, they're just so far out in front of us. We can't tell, you know. We just have to see how, what happens here toward the end. But we've been running right along there with them, so uh, Rusty's strong. Both of them real good, but we just can't get up there to them. But if they get a caution later on, they might be able to do that, and uh, we'll have a shootout at the end like we've had before here. Yeah, you can never tell how things shake up here. One area of shakeup now is the fact that Brett Bodine is losing some positions. Dale Jarrett and Darrell Waltrip both got by him here on the main straightaway heading into turn number one. And now it's Jeff Gordon who can't quite finish that move, but uh, Brett will have to wait and see. I don't know whether he's running as well now as he was moments ago. Well, the car just not perhaps getting through the corners as well as he'd like it to. Here's a challenge for that fifth spot he's holding as Jeff Gordon goes after him. Gordon Chevrolet takes a peek to the inside, but some other cars are right out in front. Darrell Walter is there, so they'll tuck down to the inside of the racetrack. Here's Brett Bodine with Jeff Gordon all over him off turn three. And Brett Bodine's car that's been working so well earlier today now off just a little bit, and he's got his hands full here with Jeff Gordon as he works on him here in the front straight away. Meanwhile, Bobby Hamilton brings his car back to the attention of his crew. Let's cover that pit stop. Well, they're doing doing tires on it, uh, filling it with fuel, and they were checking the front end. And early, early on in the race, when they had a little accident, they uh, messed up the front end of it a little bit. They got a lot of tape on it. They just keep pushing that tape down. Looks pretty good. The car's running pretty good for them. Dick, I know when you drove here, you had some pretty decent runs here at Pocono. The drivers talk about you need a little bit of everything here, particularly handling through the corners. There's a compromise. Maybe if you're good in one, you're bad in two, or if you're good in two, you're bad in three, and that type of thing. How important is horsepower here? Harry Gant used to tell me you had to have an awful lot of motor at Pocono, no matter how good or bad the car was, to stay up in the lead draft. Marty, you got to have a lot of long motor. You know, a place like Martinsville, you got a quick motor. It just, uh, it just real quick up with the RPMs, and you got to have a lot of drag on it. A uh, place like Daytona or somewhere, you've got to have a lot of top-end power so you can run around at, uh, within just four or 500 RPMs of each other. Here, you've got to have a lot of motor. It's got to start pulling when you start up off the turns. Or actually, like in turn three down there, it's got to start pulling while you start into the turn because you brake before you get there. You set the car, then you just drag it all the way through the corner, and then it's got to keep going all the way down the straightaway. And that's the reason these guys are shifting at the end of the thing is uh, they get enough gear in them to get up off of these turns, and then they've got to go a long, long, long ways down this front straightaway, so they shift it into high gear, and it gives them a little more torque. Or it lowers their torque range a little bit, and it gives them a little more burst right at the end. It's a real, real tricky racetrack to set up for, but it's a lot of fun. And I've, uh, you go around these corners like on uh, going across the tunnel over there, that's a bad, bad spot. A lot of people over there have had some pretty good uh, accidents and stuff in there, and you can get sideways, you can get squirreled up out of shape and whatever. I've talked to myself down that back straightaway until after the race is over, I had a sore throat, you know, just trying to talk myself into the corner. But it is a fun racetrack. It takes a lot of horsepower and a lot of handling and a whole lot of concentration from the driver. We've got 49 laps to go. Rusty Wallace continues to lead. Rusty Wallace continues to lead, but now his lead is over second place Dale Earnhardt instead of second place Ernie Irvin because Ernie running with one less cylinder has now been passed by Earnhardt. But 
They are 18 and a half seconds behind the race leader. That's the kind of pace that Rusty Wallace has been setting here. John Andretti's car has now been taken to the garage area. He has uh, become the eighth retiree of the event. And uh, Jimmy Hensley's car is on pit road after having a problem in turn one and going way wide, nearly up into the wall. He's on pit road in front of Dick Brooks. Well, they're changing tires on the car. I don't know if you're sure if he had a flat or not. They changed the left side tires on it. They've got him back down and going now. Difference of a year makes a, a big one for Rusty Wallace. Last year in this race, I think he only ran four laps, lost an engine, and went to the garage area. Ernie Irvin also only completed 58 laps last year. He, too, had engine problems, but uh, not the case today with 175. Gives us 25 laps to go as Rusty Wallace drives around this racetrack. Has not had a problem with the car all day long. Pit stops have been just about perfect. He couldn't ask for anything better. It's kind of strange because uh, several years ago, you may have been with us with some of those races back then when Bobby Allison drove the old Matador for uh -huh. Roger Penske when they first came into racing. Roger didn't have a lot of success, and I think it kind of it bruised him a little bit because uh, at that time he felt like he could field a car that could come into Winston Cup competition and win races. They won one or two, but I think he made up his mind that when he came back to Winston Cup racing, he would produce a winner, and boy, has he ever done it. He's produced a winner here. Talk about a weekend. How about last weekend where his uh, IndyCar teams ran one, two, and three at the Milwaukee Mile. Rusty won at Dover, Delaware. Uh, everything he has been touching of late, uh, including the fine run for his IndyCar teams at the Indianapolis 500. But that's the kind of operation that Roger Penske strives for. He and Don Miller and Rusty Wallace and all the people from that organization just uh, will not settle for anything less than perfection. And it's been that way. Rusty Wallace came into today's race running third in the NASCAR Winston Cup points, tied with Ernie Irvin and Dale Earnhardt for victories. Each man had three. So Rusty, should he hold up here? And he is now 18, nearly 19 seconds ahead. This would become the fourth win of the year for him. Eli, tough break for Ted Musgrave, was running in the top ten. He and Morgan Shepard still having that fierce battle back and forth. Looks like Musgrave's got a flat left rear tire. He's limping back around to the pit lane. Boy, that is a tough break. Here's a fellow who has had two top fives here at Pocono a year ago. He was running eighth right now, and it was so gingerly climbing into the car this weekend after the accident at Dover a weekend ago. Here comes the family channel four to the attention of the boys down in the Jack Roush pit area. That'll be a tire change that will drop him far, far off the pace. We were about to mention that coming up in just a few days, a Tuesday evening event for the NASCAR Slim Jim All-Pro Series. Those of you up in the Knoxville, Tennessee area might want to visit the 411 Motor Speedway on Tuesday, June the 21st. It's the NASCAR Slim Jim All-Pro Series of the Knoxville 200. The Pizza Plus 250 is set for Bristol International Raceway on Sunday, June the 26th in West Allis, Wisconsin, the Milwaukee Mile. That's where the Slim Jim All-Pro Series runs on Saturday, July the 2nd. July the 9th, the Cox Cable 250 down at Myrtle Beach Speedway in South Carolina. So all of that taking place over the next number of weeks here on the NASCAR Slim Jim All-Pro Series. One car having a problem of sorts in turn one. It is Bobby Hamilton, Eli. He has lost uh, the outer casing of the tires, come completely off the car, limping over to one side of the track, and now he's slowed on the back straightaway with Bobby Hamilton losing a tire looks like at the end of the front straightaway. 177 laps complete. We'll be right back. 
We have 20 laps remaining here at the Pocono International Raceway, the UAW GM Teamwork 500, starting two hours late because of rain and heavy, heavy fog. But right now it has been Rusty Wallace's once they've dropped the green flag. We'll get the interval for you from first place back to second. Dale Earnhardt now running in second. Jeff Gordon has become the man in third spot. As moments ago, he made the move around Ernie Irvin, who has dropped the fourth spot. Fifth is Mark Martin. Sixth now Dale Jarrett. Seventh belongs to Morgan Shepard with Brett Bodine in the eighth spot and ninth belonging to Ken Schrader. The lead of 20.06 seconds. That's the advantage for Rusty Wallace. It takes you 55 seconds or so to get around this racetrack, so it's still nowhere near a full lap, but 20 seconds of the lead is what Rusty is enjoying right now. They have eight cars in the garage area. The race has been slowed four times by caution, but after the spate of cautions early, we have been clean and green since that fourth caution that came out at lap number 69. Average speed, 130.820 miles an hour. Rusty Wallace took the lead most recently at lap number 134, and he has led it since then. This mid-race update brought to you by Sports Image, the only officially licensed supplier of Dale Earnhardt, Richard Childress Racing, and GM Goodwrench Racing Souvenirs. And don't forget, folks, coming up July 30th and 31st, the Dale Earnhardt Richard Childress Open House down in Welcome, North Carolina, from 8 in the morning until 5 in the afternoon at the RCR shops. The admission, $5 or $8 for both days. Youngsters 10 and under admitted absolutely free, and all of the proceeds will be going to charity. Remember, too, that Dale Earnhardt will be there only on Sunday, July the 31st. To order tickets, call 704-731-3389. Let's pause 10 seconds on MRN radio for station identification. Well, as the laps continue to wind down, we're showing still 10 cars on the lead lap. Give a call to Michael Waltrip here this afternoon as he has really hung in there all day long, and he is the last car being shown on the lead lap. And I guess, Alan Bestrick, you mentioned a little bit earlier this afternoon how hard he was driving ahead of Rusty Wallace to make sure he could stay up there. Yeah, before that last set of uh, green flag pit stops, Barney, Rusty was literally on Michael's back bumper, pressing as hard as he could to get around. Michael was just driving his heart out, sore shoulder and all, to try and stay on the lead lap. He's having a good run today in the Pontiac. Here is Rusty Wallace finally to the inside of Michael to put him a lap down. Michael Waltrip, where is your car in its development right now? We're consistent. You know, the, the engines have been running, running and uh, all day long we haven't fallen out of any races and, and we've been able to run consistently between you know say fifth and 15th and occasionally we've gotten up better than that but not very often so um, we've got four four top 10 finishes in 11 races and a lot of uh, finishes between um, 11th and 20th so we're into the top 10 in points which is which is good but um, we still need to be a lot better to, to, to think about winning, and we need to be a lot better to think about uh, staying up high in the points on a consistent basis because you're going to break and you're going to fall out. And, um, uh, you know, when you run second or third every week, you can afford to, fall, afford to fall out every now and then, but when you run 10th or 12th and then you fall out, it just seems to hurt worse. Well, Michael Waltrip is now running in 10th spot, one lap down, but uh, nobody tries harder than young Michael Waltrip on this racing circuit now with 15 laps to go. With 13 laps to go here at Pocono International Raceway, Dale Earnhardt is uh, paired about a second and a half off the lead of Rusty Wallace. That means that sometime by Tuesday he should catch him. Uh, it is still an 18 and a half second lead for Rusty Wallace on uh, the second place Dale Earnhardt. Jeff Gordon running third. Mark Martin getting around Ernie Urban to take over the fourth spot. Ernie back to fifth with Dale Jarrett sixth. 
then Morgan Shepard, Ken Schrader, and Brett Bodine. The nine cars on the lead lap. John Andretti is in the garage area with Gary Montgomery. Well, he was in a garage area with Gary Montgomery, but he's now on his way back to Nazareth to wherever he was going. Uh, he did go out of the race that we didn't call it. He crashed the car against the wall. I bet they uh, broke the panhard bar. That's the reason they retired the Billy Hagan number 14. And Alan Best, we were talking on the commercial break about how many guys are out there limping around this racetrack with either on seven cylinders or some kind of a mechanical problem just trying to nurse it home here today. Got a good half a dozen anyway, Barney. You can look down this long, long pond straightaway back from here in turn two towards turn one, and the cars come off the corner and there's always somebody whenever you look that way down in that lower part of the racetrack just kind of limping along you got Darrell Waltrip down there and Bobby Labonte's kind of limping along Loy Allen's got some clutch problems he's just kind of limping around and there's one or two others out there who are down on a cylinder or two as well so just trying to limp them home and get all the laps and points they can and Rusty Wallace has been untouchable today. Are you just a better driver, Rusty, than ever before? Oh, yeah, much better now. Uh, I'm not an aggressive driver. I'm aggressive when I need to be aggressive. But uh, I was just doing an interview a little while ago, and I told a guy, they want to know what's making me better than I've ever been. And I said, probably, probably Penske's probably been my biggest guy to help me because Roger, if you listen to him on the radio on race day, all he talks about is patience. Take it easy. He said, let's just log laps. He said, let those guys bore the holes and break all the holes. You just follow through, log laps, take care of your tires, and have good pit stops. Let your pit crew work for you to keep you up front, and you keep the tires underneath you and drive smart. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm not trying to be, I'm not trying to keep the tires on fire and, and have this real heroism act every Sunday. It's not working anymore like it used to. That's the guy who's leading by 20 seconds, uh, Rusty Wallace. But, uh, you know, he's not been forcing the car. At least it doesn't look like it from our vantage point. He's just, he's been on a rail, as we say. He's not bobbled at all, and he's just pulling away. The history of NASCAR in this business for the last 25 to 30 years, on a given time, for a certain amount of time, there'll be a car that will just be dominant uh, no matter what. And right now, Rusty has everything going his way. He's one of the best drivers out there, no question about that. Their pit stops seem to be flawless every Sunday. There's no doubt that Roger Penske, as we talked about a moment ago, has put together some of the most talented people in this business, and they have a desire to win. They want to be the best, and they really work at it, and, of course, it pays off for them. But his day will come, too, when he'll be running back there in fifth, eighth, or whatever. But today, he has certainly been the dominant car and looks like he's going to go to victory lane with 10 laps remaining here this afternoon. From the Pocono International Raceway, this is MRN Radio. There will be eight laps remaining here at Pocono as Rusty Wallace comes back with a stripe here in just a moment. On the pit lane comes Dale Jarrett. He has to make a pit stop. Dale was in for service back at lap number 151. Just couldn't quite go. The 49 laps needed to the conclusion. So Jimmy Maycar and the boys will take care of the Interstate Batteries Chevrolet. Let's cover his stuff. And they go to the right side of the Interstate Batteries Chevrolet. Of course, no, they're not. They're not going to change tires, just gasoline. As we pointed out before, he's only got third gear. So the least time that they could take on the pit lane, the better off they're going to be at the finish. And they just push him off the pit lane, and here he comes slowly by, gathering speed slowly, as Dale Jarrett rolls back onto the racetrack here on lap 192. Not going to really hurt him that much. He is back in sixth position when he came onto pit road, and there's only a couple of cars behind him that are still on the lead lap with him, so he's in pretty good shape. First place back to second is now again 21 seconds when we had it down to about 18 and a half seconds before. Apparently, Rusty must have gotten caught up in some traffic or something, or maybe now Dale Earnhardt has gotten caught up in traffic. Either way, it's a 21-second lead with eight laps to go here at Pocono, and that just continues to be an outstanding run for the uh, entire 
Penske operation here today. As we said, they were up in Michigan. They tested earlier in the weekend as one car slows in turn one. There's Mark Martin, a real close call. He got way up high here and just barely got the car cranked back to the other side. And now we see one of those outer casings of the tires coming off Mark Martin's Valvoline Ford. Same deal with Bobby Hamilton's car several laps ago. So that was the problem. Mark did a great job keeping the car out of the wall. Could be a costly one for Mark Martin. He currently is being posted fifth but there are at least four cars behind him that are on the same lap with him. So unless he can get in here and get that thing going in a hurry, it's going to drop him back from fifth, probably back to about eighth or ninth position. Yeah, he's going to have to go at half speed at best now. And there's caution coming on the speedway for that tire casing. It's laying right in the middle of the racetrack at the exit of turn one. If it had been just a little bit over to one side, everybody could miss it. But it's right there in the running groove. So that's the reason for the caution. So Rusty Wallace will come around and get the caution here at lap 194. Four. Caution for the fifth time as Debris comes off the Mark Martin car, and he'll elect to stay on the racetrack to take the caution. A smart move there as the leader has now taken the caution at lap number 194. Here on lap 195, five laps from conclusion, Dale Earnhardt is first off pit road. Jim Phillips, what did they do? Well, they gambled. They went to uh, two tires, just like Jeff Gordon did at Charlotte. Rusty Wallace changed four tires in 8.2 seconds. So it's going to be a gamble on the Earnhardt team. Will the two tires be enough to hold off Rusty Wallace? No chassis adjustment that time by the Rusty Wallace team. They've been adjusting every time until then. Well, let's just ask Richard Childress, the old gambler here. Well, you gambled. Yeah, you know, we, you know, we just uh, thought we'd give it a try and see, you know. We, we want to try to get up there and uh, race them, you know, and this, we felt this would be a good shot. How was that with your car in the last segment? We were real good, and we think, we think maybe this might help us. You know, it may be a mistake, but, you know, we got to try it. And that's what they did. On well. the back straightaway, Jeff Gordon's car has spun out under caution. He is down in the infield grass now. Doesn't appear that he can get the car started, and this could be a problem with just a handful of laps left. They're going to have to go fish Gordon's car out. Now it looks like he's got it refired. He's spinning the tires in the mud, and now he gets it back out onto the straightaway, but that's a tough break for Gordon, who was in the top five and only taken two tires on that caution. Somehow, he ended up in the infield grass sideways. Well, that's a strange one. Well, what else we've seen here today? Why not have a guy spin out running at uh, 50 miles an hour under caution? But uh, he'll be coming around to the stripe, and lap 196 will go up on the board. That'll be four to go, and we'll wait and see whether the field gets the one-to-go signal or not. Uh, we haven't seen any indication yet from Doyle Ford. Don't forget, next weekend, we'll be with you at Michigan International Speedway in Brooklyn, Michigan, for the Miller 400, our broadcast next Sunday, 1245 Eastern Time. 12.45 Eastern Time next Sunday. Our coverage of Michigan begins with Bush Pole updates Friday afternoon at 3.50. Then Saturday, a pit road preview at 11.30 in the morning. And remember, if you're a ticket holder at MIS next Saturday, there's also the ARCA Supercar Series running a 200-miler there. And their ticket office is likely closed at this hour, but it'll certainly be open every day throughout the week leading up to their activities. The field does get the one-to-go signal. So they'll be racing the next time they come by to settle this UAW GM Teamwork 500. 
Don't forget, looking ahead on our MRN broadcast schedule after next week's visits to Michigan, we'll be on to Watkins Glen International Saturday, June the 25th. It is a Saturday race. The Phase 150 for the NASCAR Bush Series at Watkins Glen. Hope you can all join us right there for that one before we return to Daytona on July the 2nd for the Pepsi 400 at Daytona International Speedway, where the ticket office is now open seven days a week at the World Center of Racing. Well, a lot of guys who are hoping for some kind of a reprieve here to maybe have a shot to beat Rusty Wallace. They got it in the form of that caution flag a moment ago. Here's the situation. Earnhardt is a leader. Wallace lines up right behind him. Jeff Gordon, who spun out just a moment ago, came by running in third position. Ernie Irvin is up there to fourth, but he is only running on seven cylinders. Kenny Schrader is still on the lead lap. He shows up in fifth place. Sixth should be Morgan Shepard. Seventh right now would be Brett Bodine, and Mark Martin is right behind him. So they've all still got a shot. Anything can happen. Usually does. They'll go green at lap number 197 of 200 so that is going to be the status on the scoreboard here inside of the final 10 laps of the race NASCAR does have a 10 lap rule which says you can only have the cars on the lead lap at the head of the field on the restart so there'll be no lapped cars to contend with the nine cars that actually now they'll show uh, 13 cars on the lead lap because of some teams electing not to make pit stops and others did so the 13 cars on the lead lap will all be able to start up front behind the safety car so as to not have to deal with any lap traffic. And the members of the media covering today's UAW GM Teamwork 500 have voted the Goodies Headache Award of $1,000 to Chuck Bound, plus a $250 donation will go to the Brenner Children's Hospital down in Winston-Salem, North Carolina from Goodies Pharmaceuticals and Chuck Bound, and it looks like they may not be going green this lap. Well, the caution flag has just come back. The uh, safety vehicle here that Elmo Langley drives normally parks out near turn number two that exit road there and he gets out of the way there in the field then comes back to the stripe and as they were coming through turn number three on the NASCAR radio they began to inform crew chiefs we're not going to go that was given as a repeated command five or six or seven times and uh, concurrent with that Doyle Ford began wildly waving the caution flag so the uh, field is not going to go that means we're now at lap seven 90, excuse me, the scoreboard does say 796. Yes, it does. You have to excuse me. Uh, the, the first digit has been a 7 all afternoon long. We're at lap 196, and uh, that means they will get the one to go signal, one would assume, the next time by, but we'll have to wait and see what NASCAR does here. They have 197 is the exact lap count here, so we're getting darn close to settling this in what could be just a, a one lap or a two lap sprint. You know, it's kind of strange a lot of times. Uh, we always say anything can happen in a race. A moment ago, before that caution came out, it looked like Rusty was just going to go to victory lane with no problem whatsoever, assuming nothing broke on the car. Then the caution comes out, changed the whole situation. He may yet win. He certainly has one of the best cars here all day. Earnhardt takes the gamble here, taking only, only two tires, putting just two tires on against Rusty's four. We saw that work a little bit earlier this year down at Charlotte. It worked for Jeff Gordon. Whether yeah. it'll work here? Well, it's just a gamble, Richard Childress felt like he had to take it might pay off there was really no gamble to speak of at Charlotte because Ray Evernham figured he had absolutely no choice but to make that two tire stop Evernham being the crew chief for Jeff Gordon he said that was the only way we were going to uh, win that event uh, because uh, everybody knew Ricky Rudd had to make a pit stop and that would have given the top spot to Jeff Gordon uh, that, of course, is not the case here. This is a, a calculated gamble, whereas Evernham felt he had absolutely no choice. The uh, field now has been picked up by Elmo Langley. The safety truck has the field in tow in turn three. He waited for them to come all the way back around. 
It'll be lap 198 when they come to the stripe. So that means if they get the one to go signal this time, if they do, that'll give them one lap of racing. Uh, if the scoreboard is correct, it'll be 198 going up on the board this time. And let's see, Doyle has yet to make any indication. And now he is holding his right hand in the air and says one to go. So one to go is the indication here as they put lap 198 uh, up on the board this time. We just double check with the NASCAR lap count here. And the board shows 197. So we'll just make, in, make darn sure we're all correct here on the lap count. And that's exactly what's being verified right now. Well, 197, that gives us, well, I'm not going to get into this. We just have to wait and see what they're doing. I'm sure there's a little confusion right now around the racetrack as far as the scoreboard showing one thing and uh, the pace truck coming out to pick them up again. But at any rate, obviously, they are going to put this race back under green next time by, which means it will finish under green. At least let's hope so. That's the important thing as they uh, continue to make sure they have the running order in order here. The in the 10 lap rule that NASCAR has is in effect, obviously, in the last 10 laps of the event, it makes sure that none of the lapped cars can run up near the leaders and uh, inhibit their chances to win the race. The situation, though, is they are trying to make sure that all of the lapped cars are in their correct positions and making sure that everything is in order from the lead cars back. So that's being uh, reconfirmed by NASCAR timing and scoring right now. So it looks like when they come back, they will take the green and the white flag, which will give them one lap to run this thing down to conclusion. Jim Phillips down on pit road. What's the consensus down there? I'm sure you've been around the two and the three pit about how this thing might come out. A lot of confusion. Well, that's exactly what's going on down here right now. Everybody's watching the scoreboard. Uh, and they want the race to go uh, with two laps to go. I'm sure Buddy Parrott does. Of course, Richard Childress, uh, he wants it to stay just like it is right now. So uh, it was it was a gamble for uh, Richard Childress to do that. Uh, Rusty Wallace's crew, they made the play. They could have stayed on the racetrack and not pitted, but they chose to pit. They could have taken two tires, but they chose to take four. And Richard's uh, team just uh, made, a, uh, I think, a wise gamble for their chances. Well, that's about the only chance they had the way Rusty had been running. At least Earnhardt is in front, and that means that Rusty has got to get around him. And sometimes when Dale Earnhardt's got a car that's not up to par, he can make that machine awful wide that last single lap. And they have now put seven nine, excuse me, 198 up on the board. So it is going to be the green and the white flag together this time. Dale Earnhardt, all he'll have to do is hold off Rusty Wallace for two and a half miles. That is certainly a tough enough assignment. But if Rusty is going to make the uh, jump, he's going to have to do it here in a hurry. Elmo Langley is pulled away. He has parked his car, or a safety car, if you will. And now we're going to watch and wait here as the lead cars come out of turn number three. Here the green flag is in the air and the white being displayed as well. One lap to finish it. Down to the line. Dale Earnhardt is the leader. Here's Wallace. He's not going to wait to make his move. He jumps down to the inside and will try to get around Earnhardt even before they get to turn number one. Tucks back in, then takes a shot at him one more time. Wallace goes to work on Earnhardt and Jeff Gordon right in the thick of things. Here's Wallace making his move cleanly. He gets by Earnhardt. Drips way up the banking. Earnhardt now has a shot at Wallace on the inside. Tries to pull even, but he can't make the move. Rusty Wallace leads off one. Wallace dives for the bottom of the long pond straightaway, trying to break the draft on Earnhardt. Ahead of Wallace, cars that were on the tail end of the lead lap on the restart. They race side by side in the tunnel turn. Wallace leads Earnhardt and Gordon across the corner, coming up on lap traffic. Wallops up on the point on the final lap, down the short straightaway. Lap traffic, five car lengths ahead. Setting up now for turn number three, the final time, the black forward of Rusty.
Rusty Wallace dives down to the bottom of the racetrack. All over the backside of him is Dale Earnhardt in the black Chevrolet coming down to the checkered flag. The cars ahead of the leader on the tail end of the lead lap. One car tags the wall. Here comes the lead car, Wallace, to the inside of the slower machines. Rusty Wallace wins here at Pocono International Raceway. While in turn three, one car smacked the wall virtually at the feet of Fred Armstrong. Wally Dolan back broke loose just right at the apex of the corner. Eli, as the leaders cross the line, smacked the outside retaining wall and has now come to rest on the outside of the racetrack. Let's go down to pit road. Uh, buddy, I saw you breathe a big sigh of relief there. Well, I really did, you know. Hey, that's the worst thing I could possibly do. You know, NASCAR, that's the first time they've ever had to do a five-lap deal and they couldn't get the cars lined up. So, you know, it's just one of those deals they... They tried to do the best they could. We had plenty of time. I told Rusty, hey, there ain't no way you can beat two tires, four tires here. I don't give a damn. This wasn't Charlotte. This is Pocono. That's Buddy Parrott to crew chief as they head for victory lane. And unofficially, they came across the line. Rusty Wallace, Dale Earnhardt, Jeff Gordon, Kenny Schrader, and Morgan Shepard. But that needs to be verified by NASCAR. We'll take a break, and we'll be right back. NASCAR Today continues on MRN Radio. Sponsored by Ford and your local Ford dealers who invite you to see the exciting lineup of tough Ford trucks. Quite a finish here at Pocono this afternoon. Again, it is Rusty Wallace, the winner. He'll be heading down to Victory Lane, and we will, too, very shortly to get his thoughts. Dale Earnhardt will come home second. Finishing third will be Kenny Schrader. Finishing fourth this afternoon, unofficially, is going to be Morgan Shepard. And then it looks like Mark Martin and not real sure yet where they're going to place Jeff Gordon. Apparently Jeff Gordon is not going to be given third place. I myself just walked over to the NASCAR booth next door and there was a question about his restarting position after the spin that we had talked about there on that straightaway between turns one and two and apparently a problem of getting back into the correct running order. So NASCAR is set on their radio and I verified by myself walking next door. They say the top five will be Rusty Wallace, Dale Earnhardt, then Ken Schrader, Morgan Shepard, and the car of Mark Martin. They will then assess and find out exactly where Jeff Gordon should be placed correctly. Let's check in the garage. I've got third place finisher Kenny Schrader. Kenny, are you as surprised as all the rest of us are about the third place finish? Yeah, I knew we were got up there towards the end we were looking at a sixth or a seventh or something and then uh, heck when we lined up we was fifth and I thought this ain't bad and I saw a little Jeffrey spin so I didn't know what they'd do with him I'd, I'd just seen him be third and I'd be fourth and him go to the back but uh, we'll take it uh, we just kept adjusting on the Kodiak car all day and uh, it kept getting better at the end with a with a, I don't know five or ten laps to go nobody was going to be able to catch Rusty and then everybody taking a gamble many people taking a gamble in pits and you did go with four tires I think right yeah, we did. Uh, ain't no tire like a new tire. Anytime you come in and get four new Goodyears, you just got to do it. So Kenny Schrader happy with his third place finish here at uh, Pocono this afternoon. Mark Martin has just walked up to us. Mark, the sixth pl fifth place finisher in the Valvoline Ford. Uh, Mark, you kind of struggled for the start of the race and uh, come up with a good finish at the end. No, we didn't struggle. I thought we ran really good. Uh, the Valvoline Thunderbird was on the money today. We couldn't outrun a couple of them, but we were faster than most of them. We just got behind. We shouldn't have got so far behind, but... We did, and then we tore up a tire, and uh, we were lucky enough to get a caution because debris was laying all over the track and salvaged the top five out of it. But, uh, you know, we really ran better than that, and uh, I'm proud of this team, proud of these guys. Uh, we had some bad luck, and had a little good luck, you know. So it all balances out to a fifth-place finish for Mark Martin. Rusty Wallace does uh, take home all of the uh, top post-race honors today, Barney. Of course, with the win, he is inducted into the Gatorade Circle of Champions for the fourth time. He also does go on to win by a convincing 800-point margin the True Value Hard Charger competition today. Jim Phillips? 
Morgan Shepard, fourth place finish today. Well, you know, you can't say enough about this Sidco team. Uh, they worked so hard. Uh, our car pushed all day, and we just really didn't get a chance to pull the rubbers out of the front end. Uh, on the long run, it would uh, get worse and worse. So Eddie and them worked with uh, tire pressure, and, uh, and that helped us. But, uh, you know, we hung in there. Sun in, sun out, did that affect your car a lot? Well, uh, yes. Matter of fact, when the uh, sun would come out, I'd push worse. The car would get tighter instead of looser. So after last week, good fourth place finish for Morgan Shepard. Morgan Shepard driving for the Wood Brothers and picking up a fine performance today. The Plastic Coat winning finish award goes to uh, Buddy Parrott as the crew chief of the winning race team for Rusty Wallace, the Miller Genuine Draft efforts. And of course, we also heard during the broadcast that Buddy wins the Western Auto Mechanic of the Race Award as well. They're still handling the uh, cleanup out in turn number three of the STP Pontiac. Wally Dallenbach was uh, the man who had problems there earlier in the final lap of the event. Let's go now down to Victory Lane. Well, Eli uh, sure got a happy, crowded-up crew in here. I don't. I guess they're figuring out some of the confusion here, but uh, we certainly got a winner, and it's Rusty Wallace, that's for sure. Rusty, this is, uh, I mean, you just run away with everything all day, and then all of a sudden, boy, get some excitement at the end. What do you think about that? Well, I mean, we're supposed to have something for the fans, no doubt about that, and that's what they had. But, uh, hey, yeah, I did run away with it, but, hey, I loved it. That's fine. Hey, uh, when that when that all come out, did you know that it was going to be a caution? They said there was some rubber down there or something. Did you know there had to be a caution? Well, there was so much rubber on the racetrack, I knew something was going on, no doubt about that. And so when the caution play came out, I said, okay, I can deal with that. But when they kept holding the thing on caution with only two laps to go because there was a, a foul up there, I thought, oh, man, I hope I got enough time. How's this thing get to feel? It must feel awful good to you. We got our chassis program figured out. The car, the engine, David Evans has got the engines figured out. They're running good and reliable. Uh, I, I feel like we've got the spring and shock combination to work. We work very hard on that, and uh, everything's going our way right now. You had to do something in the last lap. I mean, what, what was going through your mind when you come out of the pits and you were second instead of first, and then uh, after the confusion, you, you only had one lap to go? What was going through your mind? Well, coming out of the pit second really didn't bother me because Dale only took right sides. I mean, I knew I could beat it with four new tires, and I did. But with these overdrive transmissions, you're really missing one gear out there. So you got to start with a lot of RPM in first gear. When you pull them in second gear, there's not much. And when Dale shifted out there, something happened to his car, and he didn't get a start, and I passed him. Well, that's uh, Rusty Wallace, and he uh, described how he done it. Either way, he's winning no matter what happened to the rest of them. We'll take a break, and we'll be right back. Here at Pocono International Raceway, Rusty Wallace picking up his fourth win of this 1994 NASCAR Winston Cup season. Wally Dallenbach has uh, walked from his STP Pontiac towards the uh, ambulance that carried him to the infield care center. So that's certainly good news after he took a major league knock into the wall out there in turn number three. But uh, Wally apparently okay by walking to the ambulance. Here's how the rundown looks for you. Rusty Wallace gets the win with Dale Earnhardt second. Ken Schrader finishes third. Fourth is Morgan Shepard and fifth will be Mark Martin. Then there is a uh, question mark as to exactly where the Jeff Gordon, Ernie Irvin and Brett Bodine cars will finish in what order. Uh, positions six, seven and eight will be among those three drivers. Ninth will go to Rick Mast. Tenth Bill Elliott. Michael Waltrip finishes 11th. Hutt Strickland 12th. Thirteenth is Kyle Petty with 14th going to Todd Bodine and the uh, 15th place finisher today, Ted Musgrave. Harry Gant comes home in 16th. 17th is Terry Labonte. Wally Dallenbach finishes 18th. Jeff Bodine 19th and Dale Jarrett comes home in 20th. 21st will be the Ricky Redcar. 22nd Jeff Burton. 23rd today 
will be Lake Speed. Greg Sachs finishes 24th. 25th is Bobby Labonte. Steve Grissom finishes 26th. 27th goes to Bobby Hamilton. 28th, Rich Bickle. 29th will be Jimmy Hensley. And 30th, Daryl Walchip. 31st will be Loy Allen. Joe Nimichek finishes 32nd. 33rd is Dave Marcus. 34th, Dick Trickle with John Andretti finishing 35th. 36th goes to Michael Wallace. 37th today will be Jimmy Spencer. Sterling Marlin finishes 38th. 39th is Chuck Bowne. And 40th, Derek Cope. 41st will be Bob Keselowski. And the 42nd car, first out of the race today, Ward Burton. 11 cars on the lead lap at the end of the race. 35 still running out of the field of 42, with Rusty Wallace leading the most laps today, 113 of the total of 200. 20 lead changes among 12 drivers, five caution periods for 31 laps. Don't forget, throughout this week, we've got a busy week for you here on MRN. Weekday mornings, Ned Jarrett will be along with his world of racing. Weekday afternoons, Alan Bestwick will be hosting NASCAR Today, our daily five-minute NASCAR news program. I'll join you Tuesday evening at 7 o'clock Eastern Time for NASCAR Live as we open our phones toll-free at 1-800-2-NASCAR. Our weekend coverage from Michigan begins on Friday. Bush Pole updates at 3.50 Eastern Time. Then next Saturday, a pit road preview at 11.30 in the morning, followed by Sunday's coverage of the Miller 400, 12.45 Eastern Time, one week from today. Our thanks to Beth Griggs and Melanie Bestwick. They were on the scoring loop today. Paul Horvath and the Pennsylvania Posse, our production assistants here in Pocono. We want to thank Joel Moore. Alan Bestwick and Fred Armstrong, they covered the turns this weekend. Our pit and garage coverage from Dick Brooks, Jim Phillips, and Gary Montgomery. For Barney Hall, I'm Eli Gold. Thanks for hanging with us through the rain and the fog of this Sunday in Pocono as we congratulate Rusty Wallace winning for the fourth time this year here at Pocono. Have a great week. So long, everybody. MRN Radio. Coverage of the NASCAR Winston Cup Series has come to you from the Pocono International Raceway. Sponsored by Pontiac and your local Pontiac dealer. Pontiac, we are driving excitement. By Western Auto, the official auto parts and service store of NASCAR. By STP, makers of STP Super Concentrated Fuel Injector Cleaner. STP, drive a better car. By Anheuser-Busch, brewers of smooth bush beer and easy drinking bush life. By Unical and your local 76 dealers who invite you to go with the spirit of 76. By Heilig Myers Furniture and Heilig Myers We Furnish America. By Wix Filters, you'll find them at professional auto parts stores and on Dale Jarrett's car. By True Value, see your True Value hardware store. Help is just around the corner. By McDonald's, drive through McDonald's for breakfast. The best start in racing. And by Dentine, brush your breath clean with great tasting Dentine. Join us next Sunday from Michigan International Speedway for the Miller 400.
The executive producer of MRN Radio is John McMullen. Associate producer, Alan Bestwick. Chief engineer, Harry Howard. Production director, Clay Stalka. Affiliate relations, David Hyatt, Cheryl Knight, and Stephanie Ellis. Production assistants, Clark Moore, Sandy Good, and Sherry Owen. This is Rick Lewis. This broadcast was a production of MRN Radio, a division of International Speedway Corporation, celebrating 25 years of great NASCAR racing coverage. This has been MRN Classic Races, presented by Sunoco, the official fuel of NASCAR, and brought to you by Hercules Tires, right on our strength. Join us every Thursday for more classic races from the MRN Vault.